To Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one. Bug it! It's Marv's biggest return! Right here in the dive bar of the IWC! <laughs> Guys, welcome. Uh oh. It is back. Audio back. Technical difficulty. Take a drink with me today on Thursday night. Chaser to go over just, you know, the misery that is the wrestling world at this day and age. We got Ms. Amanda Jane. Hello. I thought I killed it again. But you know what? It's only episode one. So, sorry. I think Marv's butt brushed my mic and I turned it off. Ew, 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 ew. Yeah. We both. Why would? Because we, we both have one. Why would we not both have it on? Yeah. Why would we not? Hello. Yeah. What do you? Why would? Why would we not both be wearing? Like, you kidding? Yeah. Ah! This is this is a great thing. That never happened to wrestling. Was these these? Oh, what's going on? Grim Reaper's in the chat. He says hello, and what's good? Blue Whoa. boy says, "Take oh a drink." God, oh, yeah, these 
These were the giveaways yeah, at WrestleMania Access. If you mm -hmm. bought anything at the Superstore, you got one of these Cinnamon Toast Crunch matches, the masks. And I was so thrilled. And then I was so confused watching WrestleMania how there wasn't just a sea of these in the crowd. Kidding? Yeah. What the hell? But I see like, why. Huh. Wearing it. It's like you can't breathe in this thing. I'm dying. I feel like I breathe better in this than most masks. You can see pretty no, good. I... It's a little tight on the old yeah. nose, but I got a big nose. But it's not tight on my nose. It's like I feel like um, it's just I'm worried that my eyebrows are coming off underneath here. Oh, that could be. It has eyebrows. But I mean that. Here. Yeah, but the mask has yeah. eyebrows, so you're good. You don't need yeah, them know, if the mask has them. But I'm no. like, what? my eyes are watering now. <laughs> I can never be a luchador. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know how the luchas do it. I don't. Know yeah, here you you shit. can take it off. Here we go. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna hold on. But yeah, I was. I thought that was the coolest thing they were giving away out there, and I was like, oh, definitely during whatever match is the Cinnamon Toast Crunch match, everyone's gonna be wearing it. You're just gonna see a sea of these in the crowd, and uh, no, that's not at all what happened. I didn't see a no. single one on TV no. at all. And Everyone bitched when they had the was it the Ray match when these were yeah. like in the corner? Yeah, everyone yeah. bitched about it. So now I understand why they gave a lucha mask because it was during the Ray match. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, cool, cool no, I got it. I was like, oh, can you imagine yeah. Ray Mysterio's out there having a match with his son and he looks out to the crowd and it's just like shitload of these crazy faces looking at him just with the tongue oh out and he's like. Does the crowd even like it? They're all just cinnamon toast crunch. There's no emotion. Yeah. If they had different faces, right? That could have just been as, cool. That would have been cool. Just like a series of different ones. That would have been neat. Yeah, I think like, I still think it's a win. I still think it's cool. It's one of my favorite things I got that whole weekend. It is. You guys, it's a... Yeah. And you walked away with way more WWE merch than you've had in a while. Uh, I sure did. I mean, I got um, that these cool like WrestleMania little wristlets that oh my god, mm. because my friend said she wanted it, and I'm like, damn it, I wanted one too. So, made them go get it for me. Nice yep. plastic bag, two shirts, and uh, because you know we're wrestling on the rocks, a shot glass. Yeah, it's kind of cool. cool. But my shirts, next week I'll wear the shirt, one of the two shirts. Obviously, I did buy the Cody Rhodes one because I'm a sucker. Finish the story. So now there's yeah. probably going to be a part two shirt. So God damn you, WWE. God damn you, Cody Rhodes. No, Little the next shirt needs to be him like uh, with the cover of Never Ending Story. Yeah, on the thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I bet you he'll do it. Oh, you can you imagine, go. too, if they did it where the dog is that big? Whatever that thing was, or the dog, or, or it wasn't a tray. Was his name a tray? No, I don't remember. Yeah, where the dog Pharaoh was the big thing that he was riding. Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be totally really sick. Good. Oh my god, you need to draw that. Yeah. You need I'm not to. As good at that part, I'll see. I'll see if I can figure it out. Well, uh, Grim Reaper says everybody bitched about it. No, everyone bitched out about it. Like no one did it. Yeah, no one did it. Why am no I here myself? Why but no, but everyone hated. Oh, they didn't understand this. Like, no one understood this. Like, why are there cinnamon toast crunch like things? I think apparently someone said it ruined Ray's entrance. I don't know. The big cinnamon toast crunch. The big cinnamon toast crunch. 
Yeah. You have to turn your volume down, down, Commander. I am. Better? I'm, all I'm hearing is me right after I say it. Right Still. Really? There. I'm not I even that loud. I'm not even your mic. No, it's not your Well, the speakers was like on top of your mic or something. Oh, take I don't episode know. one, take a drink. Like... What's in your glass? Yeah, take a drink. Uh, I'm just drinking because unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but had a little dental work done. Mm -hmm. Um, so mm -hmm. <laughs> regular Coke, but I do want to say, because you know it's not what you drink, who you're drinking with. Um, because it is today 420. Um, for those who do partake, happy 420. And I'll, I'll take one right now because I'm in one pain. Ooh. Right, so good. happy 420. There you I'm go. just having regular <laughs> iced tea. I'm still trying to get over this sickness. I'm still I'm still sick. How come you still have the uh Russell Mania funk? That funk was pretty bad. A lot of people got sick. Yeah, I got pretty sick. And it's still my throat and my ear and everything. It's I've been in a lot of pain and I don't know. I'm close enough to then, uh, Mexico, though, so we'll have Mexico fix me up. There you go. There you go. And so also, you know, I was a little upset. I didn't I didn't see Marv, you know. I was looking forward to see Marv. Marv. I was told not to bring Marv. Who said that? Really? Who? Well, <laughs> I'd say the, the fart gun, I'd understand. Okay. I would agree with producer lady if you brought the fart gun. The fart gun was Marv's also not allowed at the time. Well, yeah, that would well, that's that shouldn't be allowed. Which I thought the fart gun would have been perfect at Medusa's table at WrestleCon. Oh no. That no. You I know, saw where you yeah. you showed me photos of where you were standing. Yeah. I could see it we now. Were next to what you were. Oh yeah. It'd have been great. It'd have been great. Christopher Willis coming through. Cheers, Christopher Willis. Oh my god, I could see QT Marshall from where I was. That dude's such a fuck. I'll tell you this about WrestleCon, and I haven't really said it much about it on too many things. I was surprised at the amount of specifically AEW talent that really came off like they didn't want to be there. They came off very cold to a lot of the fans. Uh name names. No, but it was people who I didn't expect necessarily. I mean, I'll tell you some people who are really nice, but I was surprised at kind of the amount of AEW talent that I went, oh, they're the dick. <laughs> like, can I guess one? Was... Can I guess one? Because you can try and guess um, one if you want. Christopher Willis was here. Was it my friend Hollywood? Will Hobbs? No, he. Or... No, he introduced himself to me, and he didn't have to. I was standing at my the table, and he walked around. Um, mm -hmm. and he walked over and we made eye contact and he, I just went, Oh, Hey, and he just reached his hand out and goes, Hey, I'm will. And shook my hand and I was like, nice to meet you, you know? And then, and then he kind of kept going. It wasn't like he was going to stand around and engage me in conversation, but we had made eye contact. I was standing by Manusa's table and I was like, yeah, if you wanted to meet her, I can send her over to you afterwards or something. He was already kind of walking away, but, um, no, he wasn't necessarily rude. I was surprised at like some of the, the ones who are considered bigger stars and whatnot. Ricky was really nice. He was cool. He was very gracious to the fans who came up to him. Uh, mm -hmm. Billy Gunn and his kids. His kids were cracking me up. The guns were sitting his at a table. Funny. And you could just hear them sometimes because we were in the downstairs area. They would just start screaming, no free pictures! Just screaming. <laughs> and it was so funny that at one point I walked over 
And I was all like, hey, I heard you guys are doing free pictures. That's pretty cool. And then <laughs> one of them went, oh, no, that's my dad's table. And I went, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he got to look yeah. at Ricky all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ricky was cool. But, okay. um, but yeah, I was kind of surprised at some of the talent that I had expected to be much nicer to be very cold. Um, the talent who were really late making their fans uh, wait around. Um, it was just, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I don't know if Cargill ever even showed up, to be honest. I don't know if she was booked. Well, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised surprised if she didn't because she didn't show up at that second, um, photos, you know, opportunity or the, or photo, the photo opportunity, the second one, because she had no one, the first one. Yeah, she doesn't really do meet and greets. She's, but I mean, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I was kind of surprised. But overall, I had a really good time. I met a lot of people. It was really nice. Um, but it was kind of neat to be a little bit behind the curtain on some of it and go, "Oh, that person is not very nice." <laughs> but um, but I was also very happy and pleased with some people. Were really nice. I had a really nice interaction with Mick Foley. You know what? Yeah. No, shut yeah. up. I'm shut telling up. you, it's back and forth with that guy. Uh, before we get too much into all the other stuff, though, do you want to knock out some birthdays? Yeah, let's knock out some birthdays because I know you guys have missed us and you've probably missed these. But today, um, happy birthday to our buddy, uh, Brian Myers. Happy birthday. Yeah, we got to see a lot of uh, of Matt Cardona that weekend. I don't know about you. I mean, I felt like, God, the guy was everywhere. But anyways, but no, um, happy birthday. Uh, also, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, happy birthday. Uh Chuck Taylor, happy birthday! You know, I was curious. Did he name himself after the shoes? Because I thought he, I thought he did, and apparently, World on Street says no. But I'm probably wrong, and my source was probably wrong because that's such a generic name. But anyways, um, yeah, Dijak is having a birthday. Moose, Moose, happy birthday! Britt Baker, boy, did you hear MJF kind of roast her on? Uh, his little uh, thing just last yeah. Wednesday, yeah. man, basically I, uh, one of the lines he said, yeah, you know, basically said that she sucked in her hometown. It was the best. <laughs> Your parents are right there. I'm like, mm. no filter. Uh, well, Love MJ. I don't think I have a, I don't have too many words for Britt Baker. I think she's already taken up too much time of our efforts. I know. But anyways, but anyways, <laughs> uh, let's see. Kane, happy birthday. But. The most important birthday, I think, that's happening this week is on April 23rd. Mark your calendars, people. Why? Because on April 23rd in 1977, there was a dude that was born. He was a pretty legendary person. God damn it. If you didn't know, it's John Cena's birthday. So happy birthday to you. There's John Cena there if you're watching. Oh, yeah. Happy yeah. birthday to you. And happy birthday to that big old Bootay. Hey. Yeah. And your yeah, happy birthday, John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, big cheers <laughs> to him. Did I just wish his butt a happy birthday? I think I just did. Whoa. Oh yeah. I mean the, the butt was um the, the butt was, you know, had to start somewhere. You know what I mean? Started I from mean, the bottom. You know, I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, started from the bottom. Punch know, where's the fart gun? No, we need the fart gun. The... That's, great. That's a good one. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait a yeah. minute. There is a birthday huh. because I forgot. 
Andre Chase. Have Chase you. Okay. Well, yeah, we've all forgotten about Andre stuff. Chase. Uh, Chris exactly. Will says he's watching <laughs> uh, watching the basketball on mute while listening to the podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks, dude. Let's see. <clears throat> Grim Reaper. Amanda would buy the seat seen as that in the cigar bar that Marsh met him at. Mm, yeah. no. How much for the chair? How much for the chair? No. Um, no. Because, I mean, okay, I've touched I've touched it two hands. Why I don't I don't need to buy a chair that I was sitting on. And that's the height. Now it's the height of it. If there was like, I don't know, movie worn clothing, if that's a thing, uh, or costumes from a movie or whatnot, would I want to pay piece of peacemaker underwear? Maybe. That'd be cool. I, I don't know. That would be cool because then I would frame it with the 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 one that Marsh sent me. Yeah. You can see it. Yeah, without the glare. Yeah, as soon as I saw good. it, I was like, "Oh, that's uh, that's pretty much what she needs." That's me. Uh, and I want to see sign it too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk a little WrestleCon week. Uh, if you want, the other thing that we I wanted to do what we're what we're doing. We one of the reasons we took a couple weeks off is we were trying to regroup, refocus. I was trying to get uh, um, well, and that did not go uh perfectly according to plan. Uh, but we've, we've talked about it for a couple weeks now or prior that, um, I think, I think it was episode one that, uh, AEW has been really flat, uh, and has felt very, uh, uninspired at best. Um, NXT has gotten to a point where when we watch something that we really like, all we can think is, well, why is this happening on the main roster? And when we see something you really don't like, we think, well, why are they still doing this thing? And it's just gotten us in a weird spot uh, viewing wise where we haven't been that excited about either program. So we decided to take a break from those for the foreseeable future until something happens on either of those shows that actually piques our interest. Uh, I still keep up obviously on the, you know, their social medias, their little clips and things they want you to see. And it looks like Tiffany Stratton's doing awesome work. It looks like Cora Jade's doing some cool stuff. The women are killing it over there. But again, I just keep going back to why are they still just down there? You know, the women need a boost on the main roster. And then you watch stuff on the main roster and go, the women are really struggling up here. And so it just makes a little yeah. for a frustration, right? Uh, yeah. Jeff Hardy returned, which is nice for him. And we hope for the best, but we've been down this road before and I just hope for the best. That's all, you know, I could, I'm, I'm kind of past the point of just being super excited that he's back. I just go, I hope, I hope this is the one that, that takes, you know? Um, yeah. and outside of that, I've seen nothing, any clips on any of those things that I've gone like, Oh my God, I have to go set aside time to see that thing. So we decided we were going to watch impact rebellion. That was a big pay-per-view they had where they were crowning, uh, two new champions for sure, because both the women's world and the men's heavyweight world were vacated due to injury. Mickey James and Josh Alexander both had to vacate their titles. So we thought, well, if nothing else, we're going to see some big moments. Let's watch that. And then today, while I was editing, you hit me up and said, hey, I know you might be busy, but Ring of Honor is live right now if you want to check it out. Main event's going to be Samoa Joe and Colt. And I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty cool main event. So I put it on, and it turns out I tuned in during the second match, and so I got to see almost all of Ring of Honor. So today we're going to talk about Impact and Ring of Honor to the best of our ability. But (laughs) you know what? We missed 
we thank God we missed the damn kingdom. Oh God. I thank saw that God. when I pulled up the results, I went, Oh, thank God I missed the opening show. <laughs> yeah. I think with Ring of Honor, it's gonna be have to be pretty picky about what we end up pulling from there because I mean, yeah. let's just start with Ring of Honor. Fuck it. That was today. That happened earlier. Yeah. And it we'll was... talk about these shows and then we'll and then we'll talk yeah. about what you did WrestleMania weekend. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. We'll close out on the fun I stuff. I don't know about um, you. Did you feel like Ring of Honor, because this was filmed last week, it had this, it was, the, it was clunky. It like, it felt, you're like, huh? Like, what? I don't know. I That's felt, how I felt like watching the, the whole thing felt like I was watching just an episode of Dark. Uh, a lot of it felt like, why is, why am I watching this? Like, uh, it felt, it felt like NXT in its worst moments. And it felt like AEW in its worst moments in Ring of Honor. It didn't feel like Ring of Honor. This felt like AEW. It felt a lot you know, like AEW. You and I was hoping you'd have a different missed. vibe. Well, you definitely missed. And thank God um, you did not have to hear it unless you... I was like, why is Ring of Honor still back on again? Because then they repeated it again. But yeah. you missed for the second week in a row. Ian Riccoboni was rapping. He should not be rapping when Willow Nightingale is making her entrance. This is, it was horrible. What? Like, I'm sorry, Ian Riccoboni, you're you're becoming trash. I muted. I'm as just soon as I turned it on and I heard the audio and Ian started screaming something about Willow Nightingale because she landed some move and he was just like, go like it was a fucking yeah, yeah, God, roll. he's bad. And I went, what yeah, the fuck? I just hit mute because I was like, this is stupid. Like, so I muted the entire thing. I didn't hear yeah. a word of commentary the rest of the show. Well, um, you know, yeah, because let me tell you, I mean, I, I love Caprice Coleman, but sometimes like when Ian goes off the rails, Caprice sometimes can't reel him back in. That's why I loved when Colt was there because Colt would not stand for some of that bullshit and tomfoolery. And then you see him wrestle and you're like, oh, but no. <laughs> I mean, he Colt's was at really like time and place, time. time and place, <laughs> time and place, time and place. That's why I think uh, if Nigel were there, uh, I'm not I'm Ian going after Ian. No, Ian Riccoboni, no. Okay, you know if Nigel, I swear to God, if Nigel was a part of that, he would have gotten up and put the headphones oh. on and said, "Fuck this shit, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I don't want to be Nigel here would be anymore. so good on commentary over there. And here's the other deal: is I've never muted Ian Riccoboni before because I've always oh. thought he was just like. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but I know it's mean. I've thought he was baseline mediocre, and I thought he was just fine. He was kind of staticky. He's he was okay. I didn't think he was great. I never thought he was amazing. I didn't think he was awful. He was just he was just fine. So it was just like, okay, I can listen to that. But then when he started screaming all that random shit for Willow, I was like, all right, that's yeah. enough. I don't want to hear what else he gets excited for. Uh, but yeah, we missed the yeah. kingdom. I saw Willow Nightingale versus Robin Renegade. I do like the Renegade twins. They're really cool. They were too. walking around a lot at WrestleCon. I'm, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I'm sure they had a table, but I saw them walking around more than I saw most talent walking around. So I don't know if they were just like, okay, let's just walk, you know, let's but walk <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but uh, uh, the Renegade Twins I like a lot, and I thought they did a good job here. I thought Willow was fine. She's getting better. Um, yeah, I just I didn't have a big issue with with this part. I thought it was fine. No, I have more of the issue of Ian Riccoboni rapping again, and yeah. I just am like, no, no. No. Well, I mean, I had a big issue with like a huge chunk after the after that match. A lot of it after that, Lance Archer. I like the whole thing. His whole gimmick, where he's beating someone up on the ramp on the way out, and then drags them out, and continues to beat them up on the way out, huh. is so stupid to me. That's boring. Like it doesn't come off vicious. It comes off. Like cartoonish, like this. You know what it was? It felt like. Remember when WWE had a crossover with Scooby Doo? This was like a live mm-hmm. action version of that. Everyone was playing a cartoon version of a wrestler. This was like Scooby Doo wrestling, is what I felt like watching a lot of this. Oh. And that's not well, the heart and soul say, of Ring of Honor. <laughs> no, but if Shaggy would say Zoinks. Zoinks. <laughs> But yeah, this is know, Ring of Honor Zoinks to me. Okay, it's funny you say that because you did not turn you did to clarify you did not turn the commentary back on, correct? Did not at all. I never okay. heard another sound. Funny you say this because then all of a sudden when we get to the main event, Ian is like, "Oh yeah, you know, like going on about history of Ring of Honor," and it's funny to me that I'm just like, "Wow, <laughs> Scooby Doo," and then they try to legitimize this we do it's hilarious that was yeah, a call out really... just now i'm like wow that's what it was too because i turned it on kind of excited when it said it's live right now i was like oh you know what that'll be great this will be awesome i'll watch impact and ring of honor i'm gonna it's gonna be great this did not feel like ring of honor this felt like aew pre-dark youtube stuff I, like, to be honest as i'm watching it i was thinking this is behind a paywall People have to pay to watch this. <laughs> like, that was embarrassing. I pay. I pay. I'm embarrassed. I pay. I uh, watched it without paying but, for it, but that's a different story. But you know what? But you know why I pay? I pay for the catalog. I go back yes. and watch things. Although just it too. there are things. There are things that aren't on there that should be on there. So I have to go mm-hmm. to fight TV. If I want to see the other things, mm. that's annoying. That is really annoying. And that's the other thing, too, is that this is the first time I watched an ROH show, A, since, no, not since AEW bought it, uh, but it's the first time I've watched their show since they've launched their thing, and I thought this was terrible. Everything before I've seen of Ring of Honor, I've really liked. And even the pay-per-views that, that Tony was putting on under the ROH banner, had stuff I wasn't fond of, but I overall liked the the show and mm-hmm. typically really loved the main events. This was one where I was like, I don't know if we should be recovering Ring of Honor either after watching this episode. Like, is, is he's going to treat it like yeah. his YouTube channel? This was really disappointing. I, I I didn't hate Brian Cage and Joey Jet, but it wasn't special in the mix of it all. Well. Brian Cage still doesn't wrestle as hard as he did in Lucha Underground, and that's a bummer. Well, okay, Lucha Underground, okay, that was amazing stuff. I know. Okay, that came out of Lucha Underground. So, 
Comparing Brian Cage from Lucha Underground compared to this, you know. But I will say this. Brian Cage, when I would see him at like bar wrestling, wrestled a hell of a lot better than he does on Ring of Honor and AEW. Do you think he's just kind of like protecting himself? I mean, do you think he's kind of like phoning it in for Tony because he feels like that? I mean, he clearly doesn't seem like he's being respected and utilized well there. But it's no. clearly good money. So and I wonder if he's just kind of like. Yeah. What? Four years? Five years? Something like that. So I wonder if the oh, idea is he's just out there being like, hey, I'll phone it in here. But the stuff I really like and want to do that's elsewhere, that's where I'm really going to turn it up. Mm-hmm. That yeah. wouldn't surprise me. And I wouldn't, I'm not even like mad at him if that's what he's doing, but it's just, I don't know. I don't want to be like blowing through it though. Is there any of these matches that you wanted to talk about specifically so far? Um, You know, the one that I was, I was kind of excited to see and you kind of like, oh, it's choreographed and very uh, cooperative. (laughs) We're not there yet. We're not there yet. No, about those ones, those three that I was burning through those three matches. Okay, cool. No. So as we keep going, Athena versus Heather Reckless. My big takeaway here was, damn, Heather Reckless is really good. She is. And my and other my takeaway was, damn, Go ahead. Athena was not uh. as good as Heather. <laughs> <laughs> this was one where by the end of it, I was all like, who's, who's supposed to be the champion here? Like, And I'm not trying to like talk shit. I like Athena a lot. I think she's really cool. And I actually thought about it at WrestleCon. She came by to the table next to mine, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to bother her." And then later on, I was like, "Oh, wait, there's actually something that would I would have liked to talk to her about." Um, but I mean, I like her a lot. I think she's great as a person. I think she's really nice. I love. We've always been big fans of her Twitch channel. I believe she's back on it now too. So, um, but yeah, I felt like she was a little upshowed here by Heather Reckless, and really made me take note of Heather and really kind of. I mean, we've talked about it before. I wonder. I don't know. I just wonder who's stepping up and who's getting comfortable. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting because I was watching an interview that she did. Um, it was a real short little thing um, the other day and how, you know, she's really excited about the women's division. I don't know if they're going to call it women of honor anymore, but um, mm. and kind of being one that's spearheading it and you know, it's very interesting when you see that, and then you see this match, and it's like it's not the same chip that I just saw talk about how Crown Cheese is this division and leading it because the girl over here wrestling looked a hell of a lot better. But you know, I don't know. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. But I do wonder because it's a paywall, and you know, I did I did yeah. see Ring of Honor in L.A. and I'll talk about it, but. You're right about Tony. There's the pay-per-views are a lot. They're like, wow, they're solid versus this. this. I mean, Mm -hmm. I wonder if there's also just like, I wonder if he's just starting to come off on screen the, the, like a laissez-faire attitude in the back. If it's like, hey, we've made it. And hey, because I've heard that criticism before from people who've talked about backstage stuff that there's kind of an air in the locker room of, well, we made it. We did it. This is all we got to do is keep doing this, that there's not as yeah. much pressure to, 
to be better, to get better, to do more, to fight for anything. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, you're just there now. So I don't know. I wonder if that stuff's coming across a little bit for the people who are like long-term signed versus people who are still trying mm-hmm. to get signed. Cause they're, I mean, that's the other problem here is that like, I'm sure Heather Reckless isn't signed. No. She's there trying to show that she deserves a contract where Athena's like, I got four yeah. more years on this bitch. I'm fucking, I'm coasting, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it was, I was surprised. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be keeping an eye out for Heather Reckless. I was really, really impressed by her. She was mm-hmm. one too. Where I was like, she should be in NXT. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Lee Johnson and Cole Carter versus Dark Order. I was really not into, but did you like it? No. no. It's just you're giving Johnny Hungy and Alex Reynolds work. Yeah. And that's all. Uh, Penta versus Nick Camarado. I was. Well, you know what's interesting? Speaking of people that when you're signed, that in this match, at least with Penta, you know, because. You know, seen him enough times that you know most people be oh my god. I'm like it, it bores me to be honest. This was the whole. This was Indy Penta. We did the thing with the glove and the you know the tossing it over because we don't see that anymore on AEW. So ROH yeah. is like what is this experimental TV? I don't know, but I'm like oh okay. This is the this is the indie like I'm paying Pentagon like you know. I don't know how much, what his rate is, but I'm paying him money to come do my indie show. That's what that was like in that match. And I'm like, boring. And then I'm Nick, Nick Camarado. You're still working for Tony Khan. Okay. I was surprised (laughs) to see him too. So yeah, (laughs) that was my other takeaway. As soon as I saw his name went, Oh shit, he's still here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 This also makes you wonder too, because there's all that rumor now that there's going to be the show on Saturday, you know? They're going to have a two-hour show on oh, Saturday. The they show? Have... Oh, <laughs> yep, we'll they're going to have the two-hour show on Wednesday. They have the one-hour show on Friday. And they have... How long was this ROH? Was this two hours? Almost. I think it was two hours. Long. It... It just yeah, it's unnecessarily long. Yeah. <laughs> so if he's doing all the shows kind of like this, and they're already, you can tell that a lot of them are not taken care of all that well like what's the saturday Mm two-hour show gonna look like i don't know it's it's i don't know that that more is the right answer but we did get to lee moriarty versus talk she talk to keshta yeah or like at first i was like just (laughs) take a shit up take a shit up (laughs) uh i i mean you said this one's gonna be good and i was like you know what maybe it will be i've always thought Lee Moriarty had more promise than I saw, but he's comes off kind of phony and I've seen some decent stuff out of Takeshita and you really liked him when you saw him live. Mm-hmm. This match got so bad so fast and stayed that way. It was like, you know, this was cartoony play wrestler trampoline wrestling with your brother in the living room stuff. All right. Give me your arm. There was literally a move. Lee Moriarty did. They're required to to put his own leg up because he's facing away. He had to kick his leg up and then take his hands and clap them underneath his own leg. And then, yeah, that, move, that was weird. Well, Lee flipped him. And I was like, yeah, oh, that happened that behind weird. Lee's back. What are you doing? 
and it was, <laughs> it was the weird. league against some it was so weird i was like what the fuck but it looked like two kids wrestling in the living room is what it looked like no one looked like they were getting anywhere near hurting each other hitting each other or doing a move that had any kind of impact this was this could have been a pillow fight that's how i watched it well like i was telling you lee moriarty i think now i've seen lee moriarty a couple of times and I think he's gotten complacent. I think this is the theme. When you get signed, you get complacent with these things. Like it's almost like you don't you don't care anymore. Or it's like, nah, nah. you know. So I think that that's where it's it's underwhelming. And so this match, I think mm-hmm. I expected more because the last time, like when I saw Takeshita in LA, it was like, wow. I mean, he had some amazing like matches in LA. I only saw one of them. And mm. to be honest, I, I'm kind of like, man, this because it looks great on paper. Yeah. And just hearing it in my head, like if you were to tell me it was those two, I'm like, oh my God, that's gonna be a really good match. It was like, oh sorry, guess I was wrong. But I mean, that's I yeah, it was a little weird. I like how you said. To me, it was cooperation, cooperative wrestling, and then, yeah, yeah, it was really because there was also stuff where Lee's like trying to hook Takeshita's arm, and he can't reach back, so he just kind of like waves his hand over, and so Takeshita reaches (laughs) his arm over to hook it, and you're all like, "All right, put yourself in the move for me. You got it, pal." It's Mm -hmm. like, oh my god, Mm -hmm. like it was. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's a reason this was on basically YouTube, but it shouldn't be behind a paywall. Um, there's only a couple more matches left, to be honest. is Because yeah. I was getting... At this point, I was going like, man, I thought I missed most of the show, but it turns out I'm watching all of it. I thought uh, I did too! One, <laughs> the next one I, I already saw a version of, it was El Hijo del Vikingo versus Gringo Loco. These are two AAA wrestlers having a one-on-one match on Ring of Honor Wrestling for the triple a mega championship i don't know if it was for the title or not if i'm being honest but it was out there mm-hmm. and uh it was really good but it was a triple a match in the middle of a ring of honor show and i was confused mm-hmm. i was like there's no ring of honor yeah. person here at all this is literally like well like they're not even signed. The, like you could have had hammerstone versus jacob have- fatu here and it would have made as much sense well, you know what I mean? well, at, well, we've seen the Kingo on AEW programming, so that's where it kind of makes sense because it's like incest in its own way. Sure, wrestling incest. But I would put a Vikingo but, against somebody who's not a AAA guy, and have Gringo Loco well, against someone who's an ROH guy. I can't do matches I out of this. I think it's because technically Gringo Loco technically is a local to that area, so. That's oh, why, like, he, he got the shot. Because he's from the area, like, what, Ohio, Illinois, whatever. Yeah. It was that's filmed where, in like, Ohio, I Illinois. Remember. I have a feeling that's not true. Well, the where first time this, I've ever seen Ringo Loco was at AIW in, in, in Ohio. Okay. And then I've seen him at, uh, at, I saw him, I think, at AAW, too, in Chicago. Oh. Either mm-hmm. that or freelance, I can't remember. But I've seen I've yeah. seen him there before. So, I mean, the 
that's probably why. Because the only reason why like Silas Young was on on Dynamite or Rampage or whatever one he was on because he's from Milwaukee, right? Huh. So yeah, yeah, that's well, a shame. I mean, it was a good match. Back in Ring of- There's a couple of them, but that's a shame he's not back in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean, I did, <laughs> I did like both Matt or both guys, and I liked the match, and I thought it was good, but I also liked Triple A. So it was just kind of like, okay, cool, I'll take a break from Ring of Honor, watch a Triple A match real quick, and then get back to the <laughs> regular scheduled program. It's like, does Conan know you're <laughs> doing this, Tony Khan? He must be okay with it because he walked out with the belt. Oh, yeah. I, I know Conan and them have a good a working relationship, even though he's very critical of yeah. Tony uh, on his podcast yeah. and stuff. They yeah. clearly have a, a good working relationship there. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, even Conan said on his podcast this past week that uh, Tony was pretty mad that Dragon Lee beat FTR right before Dragon Lee went to NXT. <laughs> yeah, I like well. the petty stuff. A lot of people uh, in, yeah. in my area are really mad about Dragon Lee winning like uh, King of the Indies three times in a row. Oh, but cool. thank God he went to NXT because now he wouldn't do drag and do Queen of the Indies and win that. So oh. thank God you're in WWE now. Have fun. Uh, Iron Savages, formerly the Bear Country against Ren Jones and Logan Lynch. I didn't like any of this. I don't like them. I was ready to move I on. didn't. And I didn't know that uh, that was the reincarnated bear country, and I liked bear country, and now I don't. Yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. And also, why the hell did that follow Vikingo and Gringo Loco? That yeah. would have been all Jesus Christ. If I were, if this was how it really went live, which I don't think it did, I would have been all fucked. I would have left. I would have left, but I yeah. stayed because you know main event yeah but, you know. uh yeah they were i mean and they were another ring of honor zoinks you know what i mean they were very cartoony character wise and stuff and that was the other thing some of these people who are coming out here trying to be heels come off so disingenuous as a heel the way they try to work the crowd and you're like i'm not buying it at all you're acting like someone at a swap meet what the fuck uh <laughs> actually i've seen some pretty legit heels at swap meets now i think about it uh, yeah, Samoa Joe versus Cole Cabana closed out the show. I was pretty excited about this. This is like they've had a few matches, obviously. I'm mean, even uh, Colt talked about it. That was the only time I turned the sound on was during Colt's promo. I saw him with backstage, so I turned the sound back on. Uh, it was a shorter match than I would have liked. It was way more silly than I would have liked. But maybe that's part of what made it decent. Is maybe the idea of Colt being such a goof in this led landed credence to Samoa Joe just smashing Colt. But I would have liked it to be more violent if that was the idea. If Colt was like goofing with them and because he was poking his head around him and being like, oh, I'm over here and I'm over here. It would have been pretty cool if Samoa just turned around, just smashed the shit out of him and let him let him just lay there. Doesn't need to like cut himself like Mox. He could have just been fucking demolished. Colt's not dumb. He's not going to do that. But he could get super demolished. And then you can go back to, uh, I would even say, run a whole program with the two of them where Colt like now has to take this seriously and then has like a, a longer 20 minute match with Samoa Joe on a pay per view for a title. It would be really cool if it started with Colt just not taking his chance seriously. You know what I mean? 
That's not well, exactly the story that we got here, though. Well, first of all, you're a little critical there, mister. Not because it's yeah. Colt Cabana. But you also have to remember this. When was the last time we saw Colt Cabana wrestle on TV? Against Chris Jericho. I'll tell you. Thank you. Jericho brought him mm-hmm. back. And, uh, because Jericho's yeah, I know a hero he was injured. Men. I, I, <laughs> I know Colt was injured. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yo. Okay. You, you, he could have wrestled anybody coming back. But Tony decided, oh, let's feed him to Samoa Joe. What, what, what are you expecting? I'm not expecting a win. Talk about, you know, why would Cole like, put his effort into it when he was like, this is a squash match for Joe. I'm doing it because... So you're saying that Cole Cabana gave Samoa Joe the HBK Hogan treatment? No, I'm not saying that. That's what you're saying. I'm you're saying, saying he threw the match and made it overly comedic because he knew he was going to leave anyway. You I'm just said you that. Get... No, you're not getting... Okay. There is because that's what HBK did. Okay, you get the 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 one you don't like, all this comedy, and then there's another one. There's serious Colt Cabana. Okay, the reason why I pay for pay, I'm paying the paywall is so I can see some of this old shit, right? And I will tell you, there is a serious match that you would not think was a serious match, but actually, goddammit, Colt Cabana made it a serious match, and it was at Death Before Dishonor. 2019 the match versus him and marty Skrull. that was that was my match but anyways colt was serious in that match and it's not because whatever he actually was serious when he wrestled sonata okay he's been serious in a bunch of matches you don't have to go to the same one every time when you're trying to talk about one time he did it he does it a lot he gets serious a lot of times i said sonata you know and this is one like then, I don't even mind when he does a couple little things that are goofy here and there because that's part of who he is. But this is one where this was Scooby Doo too. He was literally he poking also, his head on yeah, one side and poking his head on another side. Like yeah, he was a cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, yeah, but that, that, that's the allure of Colt Cabana. He did also have a serious match at uh, Misfamania. I will say that. Sure, but that's not what we're yeah. talking about. We're talking about his. But match I'm just telling Joe. you, he has serious matches sometimes. <laughs> Which I'm saying, I'm saying we all are fully aware of, and that's my problem with this match. Well, I'm sorry that he decided to be um, mid Colt Cabana. So sorry. I just think you that know? if you're going to do that, you could still do something cool with that. You know what I mean? Like, if you're like, hey, dude, yeah. it's my first match back, and I'm going to job anyways. Let's make it really silly, but you also, like, demolish me, and then let's start a program where now I got to get serious if I'm going to get pride. this my next chance. Say demolish me. You're not gonna say that. Why would he not say that? He's not gonna say demolish me. No. Oh yeah. No. Oh, Joe's yeah. like, you know, I gotta. I'm gonna kill you. And Cole's like, yeah, I know. Let me just get my good stuff, my greatest <clears throat> in. You know. Yeah, I just think that there's a a cool story to be told here. That I feel like that, the match wasn't trash. It just wasn't. I just didn't like it as much because there was potential to to have the same match but with a story. And build to better. more matches. And then this was just kind of like, all right, well, I guess it could I guess the better. main event was a couple people goofing off. Well, it you could know? have been better, one. 
too. They could have had a better crowd. Okay, they were more yeah, hyper the Kingo and Gringo logo. Okay, That's they true, could have had a better crowd. This is where I think AEW fails. Their crowds, even Ring of Honor, their crowds are stale. Mm-hmm. They are stale. I'm just yeah. saying. Can't always That's be excited. True. Me in the front row. Chris saying. does say Ring of Honor needs to go back to one hour. Yeah, I was like yes. shocked by it being two hours and a kind of yeah. <laughs> was a, that was like an hour and a half of my time that I can't get back in yeah. my life. Yeah, there was basically there was maybe three matches that mm. I'm glad I saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the rest of it really was hear waiting voluntary. You did miss the history lesson of Colt and uh, Samoa Joe, as told by Ian Riccoboni. I will at least give Ian that. But it oh, was kind of cool to hear yeah. about that. You did miss that. Uh, so, Well, because, I mean, was it just about the other two matches they'd had? For the other well, yeah, and, you know, yeah, and Colt how, and it was that. also like, you know, Colt's like the bridesmaid, never never the bride when it comes yeah. to um, Ring of Honor singles championships. Yeah, you can't make that story and that argument and then have him goof off. Because then you go, oh, it's not that he's just never the bride. It's that he doesn't take it seriously enough to try to win. Because he didn't he come off like someone who was trying to win. Yes. He did take it more seriously with Jericho. And I think yes, it's he because came off like someone who was trying to was... win that match. This is one where he did not come off yeah. that way. Well, because um, for him, it's it's more prestigious for him to have the, the actual Ring of Honor championship. I do would love to see him and Claudio. I know Claudio would destroy him. You know, that would be something good. That'd be cool. I'd like to. Uh, Willis says Mark Briscoe not winning the TV championship still hurts my soul. Fuck you, Tony Gunn. Yeah, that yeah, was bad. I yeah. yeah. I don't know anybody who was that happy was with that call. No. Um, but and yeah, I don't know if we're going to cover. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. I think we're going to rotate through what we end up covering every week. You know, if MLW seems to have a hot week, we're going to watch it. If NWA is doing something cool somewhere, we'll take, we'll take a peek at it kind of a deal. Um, impact we're going to keep an eye on for sure but i think that depending on what the matches are next week for ring of honor i may or may not watch any of those matches so we'll see as it comes so we're gonna be a little less consistent on this particular night thursday night chaser on what we're covering every week because since we're taking a break from nxt and aw we're just gonna try and dip our fingers into basically the whole rest of all of it does Triple H have? Does Triple A have a cool show coming up that we want to check out? Yeah, New Japan. There's that the three way that uh, Mercedes had. I wanted to go back and watch like her next match. We should be talking about as well. Like, um, yeah, the things that are happening outside of NXT and AEW specifically, or even in there, if there's a match, we're just gonna try and find the hot matches that are not happening on WWE, and maybe just find those matches and talk about them and stuff because these full on shows are. Yeah, I think Tiffany Stratton would need to go back and look at her because she's doing good, great work, and we've been huge fans of of her work. So, oh, her match with Sol Ruka was incredible. I did. I have to go back and watch it. I heard it. I got to go back. Well, they have like two now, I think, but it was incredible. I'm starting to wonder if, as a side note, with the NXT women's division, watching them and who's who's kind of coming up and doing what. Um. I'm wondering if the future move is turning the women's division effectively into what the cruiserweight division was in WCW, like the luchas. You know what I mean? Mm. Like what if the women weren't just 
not that you can't have, you know, obviously your Beckys and Baileys and Sasha's and beyond, because there's room for a lot of that stuff. Piper Niven, you know what I mean? She's not going to be a Lucha. Like you have room for other stuff because that's who we are as the WWE, right? But what if by and large, the women were a lot more Lucha style-esque and a lot more attraction, not physically, visually attraction and just the attraction of a woman who's tough, but also like, what if they're doing like the Lucha Cruiserweight type stuff where it's like, no, they're fast paced. They're hard hitting. They're crazy. They're, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, cause they picked up yeah. a lot of gymnasts. Mm-hmm. So that's my theory. That's where we're going with the women's division. And I'm actually like pretty excited about that. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good theory. Yeah. Good theory. I want you- Better than Austin theory. <clears throat> and when you see, um, Stratton and Solruka, I think you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. I'll take a peek at that. Let's talk Impact Rebellion. So, you know, do you play video games much? Like the wrestling games at all? Not as, not as much as I used to. Right. Me neither. I don't, I don't play as much as I used to. But, but you know how, like... So I would buy all the 2K games and I'd buy them and you say, oh, mm-hmm. it's this guy on the roster, this guy on the roster. And I was going through playing 2K 20 and 22 and, uh, and you know 2019. I was playing all those ones. And then at one point after like, I think it was a Battleground came out. The the last one that was like kind of cartoony before 2K came back. And I had asked Kev, let me borrow 2K16. You know, that's the one that you'd play the showcase of Stone Cold's career. And he goes, yeah, let me, and so he grabbed it and I played through it. And I, when you plug it in and you go through the roster, there's this moment where you're going through and you go, oh shoot, I forgot about that guy. Oh my God. I loved that tag team. And you start putting together all these like monster, my universe cards of all this talent. That's not around anymore that you really liked. That's what watching impact felt like to me. It felt like I borrowed someone's (laughs) video game from six years ago. Wow. And you know what's funny? I bet you some of those guys did mocap. Because a lot of the guys that did mocap for those games are either signed oh, yeah, yeah. to AW, WWE right now, or Impact. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. Leo Rush did a lot of their motion capture. And I'm trying to remember, there's a couple of people who talked about some of it too. Um, but yeah. There was oh, I can't remember who it was because one of the dudes was talking about doing it and he talked about trying to how he did Sasha's entrance and it was really tough for him to get the motions back. The motions down. He had to do uh, the Sasha Banks thing. And I don't remember who it was, but yeah, I love seeing stuff like that, but I know Sanjay did a lot and Trent Beretta did a lot. And maybe um, it was Trent, but I think it might've been Trent. I think it might've, it's it's not even like, it sounds really negative. To say it that way, but it was also that same level of excitement. Like when I turned on Impact and I saw Rhino coming out and Heath Slater coming out, and I was like, holy shit, not only are they still here, but they're still a tag team. Let's fucking do this. And those are my guys who I was rooting for. You know what I mean? I was like, I want them to do this. Like it was really fun to see the guys I hadn't seen in a while. You know, mm-hmm. Heath and Rhino lost, and I was like, oh. <laughs> Are they are they still is. just losing a lot? <laughs> but I thought it was a good match. It was a nice tag match opening it up. 
you have anything on that one? You know, that was funny because that was the first thing I thought was, they're still tagging? I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like, okay. This is, okay. You can, you can, you can hang with it. One thing that is consistent that I found through Rebellion is that I don't think anything really lacks. You know what I mean? Like, you know how sometimes you're like, oh, there, there's a, there's always in one of these like pay-per-views or whatever, something that just is like, mm-hmm. but they, this didn't have that mm-hmm. for me. And for even from the beginning. So that's where I was kind of like, oh. Okay. There was a few things I All didn't right. care for, but yeah, I didn't feel like anything felt like a total waste of time or that anything was awful. No, there there could have been things that were awful, but I don't think um I don't think it was, you know, it was maybe to me because you know we're I'm like a very casual viewer of it of impact that I don't know, maybe it didn't bother me because everything else like that I watch their shit that bothers me. I don't know. Uh could be. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cool to see them. After that, we had the the Knockouts World Tag Team Champions, the Coven, Ty- Taylor Wilde and Kylie King versus the Death Doll of Rosemary and Jessica. And so this was my first time getting the chance to actually see, uh, the women, the women I've been hearing so much about as being an awesome division. <clears throat> One of the things I noticed that I thought was really cool that Impact was doing mm-hmm. is I was trying to watch it and be like, ah, oh, are they? You know, are they are they hitting hard or what are they doing? Are they gonna whiff it? Like you're just kind of not sure what you're getting nowadays, especially. So it's kind of like watching it. And every time I was like, I couldn't quite tell. I realized that they were doing camera cuts to protect the talent. And I was like, oh shit. That's what's really missing in AEW is the proper camera cuts. Like if you know that they're gonna miss or something, but they still have to sell it, flip that camera, motherfucker. You know, like mm. the Kevin Dunn style stuff that people try to knock on all the time is what protects a lot of the talent from looking yeah. bad, who then leaves the company and start looking bad. And people are like, did I just not see it before? It's like, no, no, they were just really protected by production before. So that's just yeah. not to talk down on the women at all. That's to talk really highly of their production, protecting the women in such a way that as I was trying to critically watch, I found myself just being lost in the match and enjoying it. And thinking they were doing really good and realizing that a lot of the production protected them or protected me from seeing any any of their holes in the game if they had it. You know what I mean? Because uh-huh. there's a lot of times but you then, see them like connect. It was good. Go ahead. Yeah. I will say that with these four, okay, first of all, Tony Khan fucked up because Kylan King is she she's was good. one that he should have banked on because she's amazing now. Period. Yeah. I will be a little, you know, biased to friend of the show, you know, Thunder Rosa Admission Pro. I'll be a little biased when it comes, you know, because you know, that's where she really got a lot of her her stuff yeah. in. And you know, but but damn, when I was watching that, I'm like, damn. And I already love fucking Jessica because she's sick, but I've always loved her anyway. Um, mm-hmm. and Rosemary, and I was just like, damn you know this was just awesome to see and i'm like there's a reason why they they say 
that you know they've had they were the ones that had the best women's division now yeah nxt was rivaling that and you know it, it could rival it but to be honest in some of that heyday impact was the one was the one i mean there's you know why did gail go back so much gail kim you know it's the talent look at mickey another person too so there's a lot yeah. of history a lot of legacy over there too so. I do think that outside of WWE or NXT, the Impact has the best women's division. After watching this, it's like, okay, yeah, that's where yeah. they're not getting paid as much as the AEW girls, but no. they're, they're just no. so much better. No. But, and then also, I think the way that um, with Taya and when she came back, because obviously, you know, she, that was a home for her for a long time, but in that kind of that mid kind of transition, and things like that, the way that they kind of dealt with it, because she was heavy, deep um, storyline and had the had the title, obviously mm-hmm. with Death Dolls. So mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that was a great that was a great thing, and the way they kind of ended that and transitioned, it was it was really good, and it's a test to you know what Scott Demore is doing over there. So sometimes it's like, yeah, that's how when you're building some of these storylines, it's like, sometimes I'm like, Tony, you need to watch what this guy's doing, you know, or damn, listen to Don Callis. Cause Don was like heavily wrapped up over there too. And it's like, listen to some of these guys because, you know, they're doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going on over there. It's definitely felt, they felt really cool. Felt really special over there. Uh, Chris Rilla says, um, he saw Rebellion this past Sunday, and it was a solid B. Yeah, I think it's a fair grade. I think it's yeah, a fair grade. Fair grade. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool. It was cool to see it. Um, they retained. <clears throat> uh, Impact World Tag Team Championships. This is the Ultimate X match. Ace Austin, Chris Bay against Motor City Machine Guns. It was yeah, an exciting... I don't know what you're doing. That yeah, the oven mitt, and that's where Detroit is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. for those at home listening, I'm have my hand up in like a five, and I'm pointing where my like where my thumb part is, you know, because Michigan's an mm. oven mitt. Whatever. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, it sounds like a yeah. Michigan thing. Do you need well, to blow your it, nose? It, Motor City Michigan guns. Okay, anyways. Uh, it was a really cool match overall. I think that, I mean, sometimes for me, I'm not as into all of the, as people try to like minimize it, call it flippy dippy shit. I don't call it that. Cause I don't think it's minimized. Sometimes it could be a bit much in one show. You know what this kind of felt like though, to me, this kind of felt like, uh, it felt a little GCW with a budget. Like this kind of reminded me of being at a GCW show with some of the styles, uh, the X match seemed like the kind of thing that I would have seen in a GCW show, especially obviously when we get to Mike Bailey and all that. Uh, but it fit here pretty well, and it was really cool. And I really like Chris Bay getting the win in that neat way where he's hanging upside down and tosses the titles to his partner. Like, I liked it. It was cool. I don't, I don't remember the last X match I've seen all the way through. Uh, I think my issue with some of the quote flippy dippy shit is the amount of cooperation that some of the stuff takes. Like that's my biggest problem with Commander. He does really cool stuff, but none of it looks like a wrestling contest. 
You go, oh, that is really neat. That's got to be really tough to bounce around on the ropes like that. Why is that guy standing there and holding him up to do it? You know what I mean? So stuff like that is what really kind of makes me go like, I don't know. But I feel like there wasn't there wasn't a ton of that in here that really pulled me out, which is what I'm trying to say is like a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. I kind of thought, I don't know, because they're making such a big deal about Chris Saban and 20 years of impact and all this other, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That maybe they'd win, but you know, we have to assert the dominance of Bullet Club, so you know. But it it was kind of cool to see that the old guys could hang, you know, these mid forty guys that can hang like that with these young kids. That's a testament to the talent that's that they have. Yeah, is Chris Bay and Ace Austin their Bullet Club? Yep. Oh. That's weird. You know that? No. Did mm-hmm. I say anything on here to make me believe that? Uh, don't think so, but they should have. Do you need to go blow your nose? Because you realize yes, that I we're do. an audio thing with uh, headphones, and I so know. I don't know why. I'm sniffling. I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> I'll be back. Oh. I will be back. But yes, they are Bullet Club. Unless yeah, you're doing some Tony Khan shit over there. <laughs> yeah. We're not yeah, even watching AW, like, oh, and you're doing some real Tony Khan shit. And come back all That's spun. 90s. But come ready to keep talking. Nine days. Nine days. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. I, I, I mean, I like Chris Bay. I met him. He was really nice, really cool dude. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I was happy to see this here. And I, I guess I sued Jimmy by the Bullet Club. I really don't understand how they're still pushing the Bullet Club at this point, but, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. Uh, after that match, we did get to the Digital Media Championship. Well, no, it wasn't the it wasn't the Digital Media Champion Joe Henry with Dirty Dango and Santino Morella versus the Design, which was Diener, Angels, Khan, and Callahan. It's so much more than just a mouthful i'll say this right so i said before there was nothing i absolutely hated there was things that i probably could have done without this is one i definitely could have done without and to be honest this is one that i pretty much stopped watching uh it was cool to see con he was one of the guys who i went oh shit i thought that guy retired six years ago uh half of the uh, ascension it was really cool to see him and i thought he did good but I'll be honest. By the time Joe Hendry even got to the ring, I was over him. I was over his music. I was not interested. I have not been interested in Fandango since the moment I saw him ever. Santino Morella, I've not been a fan of. I hear he's very nice and a cool person, and I'm sure he's awesome, but I don't find him funny. I don't find the stuff good. Like, so it was a bunch of, to me, it was bad comedy uh, combined with wrestlers that i just don't quite see it with like sammy callahan watching now i was like man he's in the worst shape of his life and i still don't see it uh so to me i just could have done without this match i know a man is a big joe hendry fan she says she believes in joe hendry all the time but hendry dango and santino was enough for me to go okay i uh i don't need it it's got to be cool for him i mean i guess he hasn't had a match in nine years so santino would be back and doing stuff i know he was kind of a gm type figure what do they call him uh 
because he had it written on his jacket, decider of something, or I don't know. But I don't know. I wasn't that into it, and it happened. So when Amanda comes back, if she wants to talk about it, she can. Uh, Eddie Edwards with Alicia versus PCO, the last rights match. This one I liked a lot. This was cool. The casket match, which they can't call it a casket match because that's a WWE copyright, I believe. But they had the casket up on the um, up on the the what do you call it the ramp. Uh, man, was there anything about the Joe Hendry, Santina, Dango match? I well, just I basically skipped it. I, I just will say that I believe in Joe Hendry. Oh my god. Uh, I've always did, dude. But I was. It just makes me as, laugh that it was Fandango and Santino and Joe Hendry. I just, I just had to laugh that combination of people. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as I saw all the teams get in there, I just went okay and kind of stopped paying attention. And I was over Joe Hendry by the second by the by the time he even got to the ramp, I was already over it. I didn't like any of his what? presentation. That's like yeah. one of the best entrances, dude. Like, oh my Hated god. It. Hated it. <laughs> I couldn't believe less than Joe Hendry. Yeah, no. Boo. Uh what do uh, you think of Eddie Edwards and PCO? Uh, PCO, I God bless PCO. He's a fucking beast. He is a beast. You know. He he's one of these wrestlers that I swear to God, I'm like I, I I would really hate to be there if something were to happen to him. But there's also part of you that just believes he might be invincible. Yeah, you know I mean, and that's a scary part because he's a man. Okay, he's a very nice man, and I'm just yeah. like, dude, <laughs> like I yeah, like there's a there is a human under that monster. Yeah. And yeah, if you put, uh, take away the jumper cables and all that other stuff, yes. So, dude, but I did like I, it. I, I like just... the match a lot. <laughs> uh, the only thing I thought was like really poorly done was the shovel hit that Alicia did to PCO. Well, that looks so bad. I was like, ugh. Well, <laughs> no one would have sold it. It's supposed to be good. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but. I took that um, with a grain of salt. I was like, that was not supposed to be good. And I'm like, yeah. No. But it was pretty we dope. Pretty dope. Um, oh, and then after that, I thought this was the match that you booked. Trey Miguel, Jonathan Gresham, and Mike Bailey. Triple threat. Why would I book Jonathan match? Gresham in a match? I hate that little guy. <laughs> but but no. Yeah, but he fits no, here. But he, yeah, yeah. Fit right here, yeah. Yeah, but he's kind of out of his element when you have Mike Bailey and Trey Miguel there. He's really handicapped because he's boring as fuck. And then you have these guys that are like not human. They're like living cartoon mm. characters. And, you know, like one of these things is not like the other. Did you feel match? like that his presence in the match brought... Uh... Did you feel like his presence in the match brought a difference in the match that made it uh, nice or anything? Or did you feel like he kind of stuck out like a sore thumb and needed to go? He just kind of, for me, I think there was probably maybe one or two people, I think, on that roster who probably would have been a 
better suited person in that role. Obviously, one of them um, was is in the design, so that couldn't happen. And I'm talking about like Sammy Callahan, because that's a total like if you want a total different type of person in the mix. I wouldn't put a technical person. You want someone who's that brawler, like someone's going to do some flippy shit and bam, hit you right in the face, you know? I mean, mm. <laughs> instead of, oh, let me try to jump on you and I can't, I you such have such gangling arms and I'm like, oh, T-Rex. Yeah, no. So I think that there would have been like other people. But mm. it was- I was really you know, unimpressed with Sammy Callahan for the record. Well- some people like Sammy, some people don't. But I'm just seeing him because he's got mm. a different style than everybody. And that's yeah. I'm only using him for that it for this yeah. instance. Now, when I think of X Division, I don't think Jonathan Gresham. No. So but that's I thought, where I think I thought he was a nice little change in there because he was trying to make it technical and trying to ground the match while the other guys were trying to flip. And so I thought it was kind of neat. I thought it was do done it well. well. He didn't but do it he well. But he was what he's going for. Ground people well. And it's because of his size. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. can ground people. Uh, <clears throat> Brian Danielson can ground people. And I think it's because I don't, I, I'm, I just, it's just not, it's not as believable when Gresham does it. Yeah. Uh, and I think Willa it's, says to I'm not leaving John Gresham, Gresham alone. alone. <laughs> he says he's one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. He is not. He is not. He is maybe top 10, but not top five. Yeah, top ten is still Speaking one of the, the best. Top to 10 say someone's one of the best and saying he's one of the top ten. If you are one of the best in the world, you're in the top ten conversation. You are in the top ten conversation, but he is not in the top five conversation. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make him not Season. one of the best in the world. To say there's potentially five people better say than him. You're the best in the world, if you're number six, he said he's 10. one of the best, and you just said he's one of the ten best. Yeah, it's one of the ten. So you're best, agreeing with him mean... and trying to say you don't agree, but mathematically, well, he's you're trying saying to say you agree he is the best. The no, best he's not. He says is one of the best. There's a very big one right oh, there. That's a big one, yes, but one in ten. With him being more towards six to ten, that's my opinion. Which is saying you're trying to say he's not one of the best in the world. He's top ten. That's top yeah. ten of of thousands. So that makes him one of the best. Well, not there, I wouldn't say there's thousands of technical wrestlers in the world. No. No, unfortunately, no. there's. If you want to add like actual wrestlers in the world, but uh, I like yeah. Jonathan Gresham a lot. I think he's really good. I do like his technical matches, but I think it it really comes down to who he's paired with a lot of the time. Uh, oh. Because yeah, I I thought something that was also noticeable about him when I saw him live in the ring he does come off like he's bigger than when he steps out of the ring. Like, I think it has to do with whoever he's paired with. He was probably in there with somebody who wasn't that big. So they look like a pretty nice matchup. But then when he walked by me and I was all like, I'd like look way down. I was all like, Jesus, this guy can't be five one, you know, Ray Mysterio is taller. Ray Mysterio is taller than him. That's for sure. Yeah. My brother's five foot two taller than him i was like your brother is not five foot two for real yes he is i don't think you ever met my brother but, but yeah he's five foot two or it's, no no 
No, that's why I'm saying like, no. Hornswoggle, I think, is totally with Jonathan Gresham. That could be. Uh, I did think it was a really good match, though, uh, overall, and I do like the Trey one. I thought it was done pretty cool. Like I didn't have I didn't have very, very many issues here, but I thought it was nice to see uh, Mike Bailey on a bigger platform, and this felt like a real GCW style match with a with a higher production, you know, and that was kind of cool. Uh, oh yeah, done GCW, but you're right; it is kind of like that GCW kind of like feel with it, yeah, like big event GCW kind of thing, yeah. The Hardcore War Team Bully versus Team Dreamer. This is another one I really didn't care all that much about. And I'm so fucking over Bully and his dumb shit. His whole fucking... Oh, yeah. He ruined the entire finish of the match by trying to make a big joke out of a thing that didn't need to be a joke. And it came off so stupid. It's just weird for someone who tries to pretend that he's the only real heel in the game to go out there and try and be so funny. And try so hard to tell an inside joke that's just bad. It's not one of those things where he's like, look, I'm fucking with the marks. They're getting so, so mad at this. No, you're just annoying the fans. There's kind of a big difference between getting heat from angry fans and people going, ah, fucking stupid, and fast forwarding. You know what I mean? Because that's what There's I There's a lot of people like, oh who are all fast forward. That was me. Yeah. This no. is the man that ruined Ring of Honor. He was the one twisting Delirious's arm to get Matt Taven to be Ring of Honor champion. And we all know what happened the year Ring he became champion. Shit fucking hit the fan. Yeah. No, I mean it's he thinks very highly of himself when it comes across. Speaking of thinking very highly of himself, mm-hmm. Nick Aldis came out. He has returned. And it made me laugh for a couple reasons. One. Why? I've I've met Nick a couple of times and thought that he's very full of himself every time I've met him. Um, And I've seen him be rude to a lot of people. But the thing that made me laugh the most about it was two factors. One, he was on Sam Roberts podcast basically begging WWE for a job. And really insinuating, this is where I'm headed. This is the next goal. I'm leaving NWA because I got bigger bigger fish on the horizon. I'm in talks with WWE kind of talk. It was, oh, who are your favorites, this and that? Oh, Triple H is the greatest of all time. Like It was all just pandering for WWE. But also that whole interview was just dripping of ego. And look, I'm not trying to say I'm better than everybody, but when you're better than everybody, you just are me. So what are you going to do if you're... Like, it's hard to get better when you're already perfect. Like, you go, okay, so your your ego did not go as far as you had thought it was going to go. So now you're back to Impact where you started. I wish you came back as Magnus because I'd been fucking hysterical. But the other part about it that made me laugh was that he came in. He said, hey, I'm back in Impact. I've signed a deal, and I'm here to watch the World Championship match because my sights are on the championship and I want to see who I'm up against. I'm letting everyone know now that I'm here for that championship. And it reminded me of almost verbatim the last time we ever saw Jack Swagger on WWE TV. They had a draft and Jack Swagger was not drafted. 
And on that SmackDown, he came out during the World Heavyweight Championship match and said, I'm at SmackDown because I'm here for the opportunity and I'm going for that title and I'm going to sit right here and see who's going to be the one I'm going to contend with to take that title. This is it. This is my big run. I'm here to make a splash. I'm here to take that championship. And then, boom, we never saw him on TV again. So I couldn't stop laughing hearing him say this because I was like, this has got some real Jack Swagger vibes. Although, Nick's not going to disappear. He just signed a contract. I'm not saying he's going to go through the same thing and disappear. But it made me laugh because it reminded me a lot of Jack Swagger. Uh, And then also his commentary was he tried so hard to put himself over, over and over again. No matter what they were doing, oh, I'm I'm real good at this. Oh, I'm pretty awesome. You know what they're thinking about in there? Both these guys are thinking about nothing but me. And you're like, no, no, they're <laughs> fucking what? I didn't like him on commentary, but I thought the match was cool. Steve Macklin versus Kushida for the world championship. Mm-hmm. Although by the end of it, all I could think is, goddamn, Kushida is so good. I can't believe they gave it to Steve. <laughs> Well, then when you said the other match, you're like, oh, that's why they would just do. But yes, no, Kachita definitely deserves some kind of big title that's not associated with like being a junior. And I think that um, Impact has let him showcase a lot of what WWE didn't didn't do. And it's kind of yeah. like, this guy is really good. And I think that that's that Nick Aldis makes me it may, he kind of makes me laugh because I'm like yeah you're really full of it <laughs> but I don't know if it's because I laugh and I sit here and like you got humbled last time I saw you live and in person like doing your you know your your shit you got humbled but you know like honestly like I think that um with him it's like he's he's a victim of himself and i think he puts that on himself that you know yeah it's like the you know you're kind of there's a lot of bad you're you bring a lot of baggage and not good baggage so you know sometimes i think it's with the grain of salt i'm pretty sure that tony khan wasn't knocking on his door because it's like already having enough people with drama I don't need this kind of drama. So I think that that helps that the wife is there too. But, you know, honestly, like, you know, I mean, he does it to himself. So, and it was evident when you see him, like, hear him on commentary. Yeah, Christopher says Nick Aldis is a mid-card talent in a main event suit, which is pretty funny. Because he definitely feels like he's a main event. That's the thing, too, is I I feel like that... For, for for all intents and purposes, we've seen the best I think that Nick has to offer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and at no point did anybody go like. I mean, he did he did he did very well as the NWA champion for a while there, but there's also a while there where it really kind of flatlined, where he's kind of go, well, this is it. This is as far as you get with it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that like he definitely elevated it because it was close to nothing when he got it. He definitely brought it mm-hmm. to a point where people remembered it was there and felt like it was important. And I do think that. Him Cody being the one that it. Cody took it off of, I think was important. I don't think that Cody could have taken it off somebody better in that regard. I think that was, you know, kind of 
on the rise of the NWA title with Nick bringing a lot of prestige to that title in that moment. But then after the Cody stuff, it just kind of was like, and then this is just what I'm going to do forever. And you go, Oh, so yeah, I don't know that. No, Hmm? I think I'm pretty positive that if pandemic didn't happen, he, his career path totally got fucked because of pandemic, because he was in, the way it was lining up was he was not getting the belt after Crockett Cup 2. We knew where that was going. And he was going to go the Ring of Honor way. And he would have, that's where his career was supposed to flourish that way and go into that path. So sure. I don't it know. It would still I look have back ended up now, here, You think so? Well, I guess if pandemic that... didn't happen, then Ring of Honor wouldn't have gone out of business. Mm. Because Ring of Honor went out of business because of the pandemic. Ring of Honor went out of business. Yeah, because of it. And also because, you know, the the one beaming light of hope, beacon of hope that they had, they got rid of. So That's all irrelevant to what I'm saying here, though. I'm saying is that but it is if the pandemic because... didn't happen then Ring of Honor wouldn't have gone out of business. But if Ring of Honor still went out of business, he still would have just been bought out by AEW and he probably wouldn't have ended up and he probably would have ended back in Impact. You know what I mean? Like he was always kind of destined to just go back to Impact. What was he gonna do? Leverage Ring of Honor into NXT? No, he wasn't gonna he would never have gone into WWE or NXT. No. He would have still been with Ring of Honor and he'd be trying to jockey with everybody else to try to beat go on AEW but I don't know but again mm. didn't happen but yeah he's kind of like the kind of like the sore loser and I feel that with impact hopefully like you know he uh, either gets whatever or if not he gets really humbled and I'd prefer that he got really humbled but, I also thought it was funny know. that so Steve at the end of the match attacks uh, Scott Demore, which I am so over these fucking president CEOs. Why can't anyone so do that to much. Tony? I'm waiting for that. Or someone steal his pile of snow. That would be the best fucking storyline ever. Who stole the snow? Yeah. I mean, I'm over Some Tony showing up as much too, is what I'm saying. But that would be but... hilarious. Who stole it? Punk. FTR and Punk, yeah, whatever. That'd been hilarious, but you know, yeah. But, but so, so Steve attacks Scott, and then Nick gets in his way, and the crowd just barely responded. They just kind of were silent there. And then when Steve kind of started to walk away, they're just like, "Boo," because they kind of wanted to see a fight, but kind of didn't care about what was going on. It was really weird. Uh, yeah. I kind of thought he was going to get a bigger pop, especially because he had a good reaction when he came out. But then when he got involved, everyone's kind of went like, yeah, I guess that's what they're going to do. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, Nick is back in Impact, and it's hysterical to me. Kushida stood a one, but it was Steve Macklin, who he's not bad. Oh, man. And speaking of commentary being bad, fuck <clears throat> Christ, this commentary on Ring of Honor was so hard to listen to. Not like, I know what well, right, you mean impact. 
Impact, yeah, yeah. Ring of Honor was hard because you turned it off already. Well, I turned it off Ring but of Impact Honor. Impact I listened to just trying to because I like Tom Hannaford. Hannafan? Harverford? Yeah. What's his name? Hannafan. Hannafan. Tom Hannafan. I like him. I think he's good. I don't think he had a very good dance partner here. Not only is and it's it's like it's tough to say because what are you gonna do? Like I can't tell someone to change their voice. But Aiden English's voice is a bit grating. What's his name now? It's not Aiden English anymore. It's like Matt something. No. Uh. What did he change his name to? I don't remember. Hold on, something. Well, I'm pulling it up. I got all those. It's not Matthews. Wouldn't let him have a name. I don't know. Matthews. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Matthew Raywolt. So you're right. It was. I told you it was a Matthew. Of yeah, some sort. Matthew. Whatever. They, Ian is not the best, Willis. Fucking relax. He's so fucking tired. You want to say Nick Aldis is mid with a main event suit and you want to sit there and say Ian's the best at what he does? He's mid with a main event mic. Uh, but Aiden, not only was Aiden's voice just hard to hear, Matthew's voice was hard to hear, but he was also so forced and scripted in these wins Every one of these once forgotten and now forever remembered because he was trying so hard <laughs> to remind everyone that he was part of the forgotten sons in WWE. But you're also reminding people he was in a failing gimmick that didn't go well, that got everyone fired because of the racist things that were said online. Like, why would you even go near that? Let people forget that. The Forgotten Sons is not something to bring up. This isn't like when when Corey Graves screamed out about Cody Rhodes winning at WrestleMania, you know, from undesirable to undeniable, which was what Cody was saying before. And it was a callback to Cody leaving as undesirable and becoming undeniable. You want to remind people that he had to get from somewhere. This is one of those ones where you don't want to remind people. Let it lie. The Forgotten Sons did not go well for anyone involved. And it was so forced. And and after every win, I noticed it was him screaming something that was clearly pre-written because he thinks that's the sound bite. And then Tom had to wait till he finished his fucking four-sentence-long rant about how this person won in this forced, horrible rhetoric for Tom to then say what he wrote down earlier. It was the only time during commentary that Tom would sound like shit was in the victories. I was like, you could argue that Michael Cole and Corey Graves' biggest strengths is in the win, in the moment, they say the right thing with the right inflection, and the rest of the match, they sound boring. And I would say, okay, maybe. But this is like the opposite. During the match, they're relatively fine and good, and Tom's doing awesome stuff, putting together the story. And then the victory happens, and it just goes to shit. And you're like, oh, my God. How do you guys miss the moment? Like, it was just weird. It was weird and frustrating, and I was really disappointed at Impact's uh, commentating. Um, well, and you can't tell a guy change his voice, but for fuck's sake, to listen to him talk for three and a half hours is really tough. Well, we can't all be Josh Matthews. Bless him yeah, for man. his, what, six, seven years he did commentary. But you know, one of my favorites who doesn't have a job right now doing this what happened to matt striker he was i love him on commentary 
Yeah, Matt Stryker was great. Loved him on, loved him on I mean, he was in impact for a hot minute doing yeah. commentary. I think during pandemic. He was in WWF for a top for a hot minute. He was in uh, Lucha, uh, Lucha Underground. Underground. He made Lucha Underground, goddammit. I mean, seriously. He's one that I'm like, why isn't he working? Also, yeah. one of the nicest people, too, by the way. Um, also, what is Nigel McGuinness yeah, doing in AEW? What's his role? Oh, Nigel's doing ROH, dude. He's doing some. Com he's doing commentary. He was doing commentary on um, uh, Superheart of Honor. Okay, but he wasn't um, on the weekly. Not yet. Okay, because as far as I've seen, no. They really could have used him. I'll be honest. No shit. But then, on honestly, what I said was, he would have walked away if he heard Ian Riccaboni rapping. He would have said, "Fuck this shit." Threw the mm -hmm. headset down. I'm I'm done, Tony Khan. This is stupid. What the fuck are yeah. you doing over here? Seriously, like, I mean, it was that, that bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, anything else about the yeah. World Championship match? Or any of those? Uh, that one, no. I really did want, like you said, I wanted Kushido to win, but it was obvious when I saw Macklin win, I already, I'm like, great. You just already told me who's going to win the women's one. Yeah. So the Knockouts World Champion, the Women's Championship... Diana Perazzo versus Jordan Grace. I like. I didn't have a problem with the match. I thought it was good. I don't. I still don't see how these two are constantly in the conversation that people have when they're talking about the best women in indie wrestling or the best women outside of WWE or even the best women in all of wrestling. I hear those things brought up a lot, and I just I don't see it here. But I thought it was a good match. I thought it was cool. I'm I Jordan's power is great. I thought the commentary did a terrible job putting over how strong she is. Because when she was doing stuff that made sense for a really strong person to do, like she did that crazy um stalled suplex where she just holds up Diana for like mm -hmm. fucking 45 seconds. And all commentary said was, Wow, that's a long time. Neither one of them put together at all that there's a reason behind it. Because someone's like, yeah, look how strong she is. And there's like, but why? Like, tell the story of what makes this necessary for a strong person to do, to strain themselves holding some, oh, another human. You know what I mean? The whole idea that the blood rushes to the head. And the longer you hold upside down, just imagine being upside down on the couch and how dizzy you get. And then imagine getting slammed right after. Like, put together the story of why a strong person might do that to make it impressive. And not just be like, look. She's kind of strong, eh? Like, she's also well, a smart wrestler. Happened. Like, put over both. <laughs> that's what happens when you don't know what you're doing. Uh, yeah, so commentary, I think, failed this match. Uh, but overall, I liked it. Chris says, stop bullying Ian. I'll tell you to get better. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bullying Ian Riccoboni. It's not bullying. It's truth. It's truth. You just I'm also probably biased. Well, I'm also a little biased and petty because I've heard a few people recently say that Ian Riccoboni is the greatest ring announcer in all of wrestling. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? And so I, when I listen to him, all I can hear is this is what people think is the greatest ever. And I'm like, I'm out of your mind. If someone just I'm said, sorry, oh, yeah, I like him where he's at. He's good there. I'd say, okay, cool. But, but not um, the greatest. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like we all know who I some of the ones who I think are pretty damn great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I got to talk to Deanna Prazo at 
at WrestleCon, she was sat right across from me for a bit, and me and Roy were walking around talking. And uh, mm-hmm. as we were walking by her table, Roy was just like, oh, hey, and started talking to her about a bunch of stuff in Mexico, obviously. Because uh, what Roy does. Uh, and so we, I got to hang out for a little bit, and she was really nice. You know what I mean? She's really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good. But sometimes I think that maybe the hype hurts some of the, the stuff. But I mean, it was good. It was a good match. Uh, we'll see where it all goes. I kind of, I hope that Mickey comes back to at least have another match. Like, I guess it's going to be up to her if she thinks that this is a cool way to retire without ever having quite lost that title. But I do think that whoever she was going to lose to is who she should come back and have a match with and lose that one. You know what I mean? Just have that final retirement yeah. moment, you know? Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe I was just thinking too much about Mickey, but I felt like it was missing Mickey more so than it was. Yeah, it was missing her. And I do think that that's not how she wants to go out. And I don't think that's how she will go out. Yeah. Uh Yeah. She was really nice at WrestleCon too, bumped into her. Um, Mickey, oh, I love Mickey. She's fucking fucking awesome. She's awesome. Even had the, the the cool moment with her husband. So I mean, no, we know he hated uh, me. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was Impact Rebellion. I actually liked it overall. I thought it was much, yeah. much better than I anticipated it being. I didn't think it was going to suck or anything, but I thought I just wouldn't care about a lot of it. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was it was much better than I thought it would be. It makes me excited to see more of what they have to offer. Um. But yeah, I mean, I kind of like it, like Chris, like Chris Willis was saying earlier, is a solid B. wasn't a perfect show, but I had a lot of fun with it. I liked it, and I I do think that after watching it and seeing it end, uh, I did think to myself, it is a shame they don't get more viewership. It is a shame that more people aren't able to access this show, or people who have access and don't know how to find it. You know what I mean? Like that is a shame. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that. The other, this last when Rebellion was on that weekend, last weekend was a big wrestling weekend because you had yeah. two New Japan shows that were in the U.S. Um, one that we, one of them we didn't touch on, but obviously, um, Orange Cassidy replaced Eddie Kingston since Eddie's injured now. Oh, yeah, I'm like, that's fucking downgrade <laughs> if I were at the show, <laughs> like, downgrade, but. Um, I did want to shout out to something that I don't know if you saw on Instagram. Um, the world got the picture that everybody wanted. Mm-hmm. It was just five guys in front of the five guys in wherever Washington, D.C. or wherever it was where they took it. So it was Sonata and um, Japanese Bill Murray. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking guys. about. Oh, okay. So there's a faction now that with Takamichi Noku and most of Suzuki Goon. So um, Yoshin, uh, I call him because I can never say his name, Kanamaru's name. I call him Japanese Bill Murray. He's the one that has the Centauri uh, whiskey in his hand. So always the bottle with him. I call him that. It's Taka. Um, I want to say is it Desperado in that. And then. Tai Chi, and then now Sonata. 
who shaved and looked like fucking 20 years younger. Holy shit. Um, that's their, their faction. So they were just four guys. Now they're just five guys. So, of course, we all know. Five guys hamburgers. Everyone was like, that's a shirt waiting to happen. Or the photo op. And it happened. And I thought that was very tongue-in-cheek. So, yeah. And we all know the uh, Japanese love In-N-Out Burger for whatever reason. But to see the five guys thing was pretty kind of pretty cool. I've never had five guys, so I can't tell you. But anyways, but um, Capital Collision, um, I didn't really get to see anything. But from people I know who really like New Japan, a lot of people were very disappointed. So I don't know. But I'm curious to check out the fucking Zack Sabre and Tom Lawler match. Because obviously that's 15 minutes at most. So um, that's a cool clash of styles that you know xmma are and the second best technical wrestler in the world zach saber yeah. jr and if you're curious who i think number one is it's toothless timmy thatcher come on now he's really good him and barnett i still have not watched blood sport yet but for that's when i want to see barnett to lose on his signature show timmy it must have been a great fucking match Oh, did Timothy win that one? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Dude, yeah, we got to see that. They had a there was a there was a video like montage that someone had made. I don't know who made it, but um, I saw it yesterday, and I didn't know that. Well, I knew, had heard that Timmy had won, but I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But you saw part of it, and to, when Barnett tapped, it was like, oh fuck, I need to go back and watch it because it looked brutal just some of the, the little clips that you would see just for a couple of seconds. It was like, that's a fucking brutal match. That's cool. Even Josh uh, Marina Shafir, hers looked brutal. Um, uh, that's the crazy thing uh, about Marina Shafir is like, she's best in blood sport. Like mm-hmm. everything she's done in blood sport is awesome. And everything she does outside of blood sport yeah. just is awful. And it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Speaking of Marina Shafir, where's her, where's her husband? Where's Roddy? Yeah, I'm waiting for him to end up in Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's possible for sure. Uh, Was there anything else in the Impact card you want to talk about, or did you want to talk? Or you know what NJPW thing is happening that I was going to mention? um, Sasha turned uh, turned proper heel. Yeah, and I loved that. She Mercedes went proper heel. She like attacked the other woman at the press conference. She's mocking her with that Mm -hmm. fake guitar purse thing. Oh yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah, it was great because that... it was like, yeah, heat. And I was because we were talking about it before the, all the stuff she was doing. I was like, is she trying to be a heel? Because I feel like she's gonna get a lot of heat if she keeps doing this stuff. And everyone's kind of like, no way, she's too beloved. And I was like, I think that she's not far from turning it up a little bit. And then she turned it up, and I was like, this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she's being a total bitch. And, but it also sounds like she might be moving to Japan for a while. She's going to do full time out there. Yeah. But you know what? That's good for her because That's I think that her. was something that she really wanted. And, yes. you know, a lot of women, if you get the opportunity to do it, they want to, they, they'll like hands down, they'll like do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So obviously she's not going to be like, you know, some of the others who, we're like living in the dojo on the floors and scrubbing everything, you know, like some of those ladies, some of the ladies did, but no, that's pretty awesome that she wants to yeah. live in Japan for a little while. I mean, that's pretty fucking badass. 
I think she should uh, live out there for a year. I know that um, when Medusa in the 80s, she moved out there and lived out there for three years. And she's mm-hmm. still considered like a massive legend out there because of just those three years she lived there. She did more and stuff, but the only women's match to ever sell at the Tokyo Dome was a one-on-one match with Medusa. Um, I think that Mercedes has the capability, should she decide to go out there and live for a year, she could be the main event. You know what I mean? I think it's possible, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's possible if she doesn't live out there, which is why I think that it was so cool when she said, I'm going to live out there full time. It's like, fuck yes. Like, let's mm-hmm. do this. Do it proper. Like, Medusa set that groundwork in 88. It's about fucking time someone cash in on that foundation and fucking put up a house. You know what I mean? Like, let's do something, man. Like, she blazed that trail for a reason and no one's done it since. Like, get out there and do what she did. Like, there's something to be said for it. We were at WrestleCon. Someone came that, out yeah. uh, to meet her who mm-hmm. I don't think. I mean, I know he was out there for other reasons, but he did tell who he was with that the one person he had to meet while they were there was Medusa. And he went over there and he comes over to the table and they said, oh, he's come all the way from Japan. And she started speaking Japanese to him and he lost his shit. He was like, oh, my God. Oh, and, then so, and so then they started going back and forth. Just, but I think, you know, just uh, going. And also, like, this is awesome. And it was actually the, um, his friend who brought him over was uh, Nolinium, the artist online. You ever see he does a lot of caricatures of wrestlers. And so I mm-hmm. t- started talking to him. I was like, yeah, she's with there for like three years. He goes, dude, you don't understand. Like, all, he's been talking about her for days. Like, he's been looking forward to this and stuff. And, you know, when she started when she did that, just a little bit of Japanese to him. And then they had a conversation in Japanese. It was just cool to watch and to see that that three years and eighties had that impact. Let's, let's move forward. Let's get that impact with more people, you know, like it's big. Yeah. That's, that's badass shit. And it's like, when you see a lot of the women nowadays, it's like, you sometimes wonder, like there's very, very few women who and I, I can't even think you know who since Medusa who's kind of done that besides people like you know um awesome Kong when mm. she didn't know how to do you know she only was over there because she was a bigger girl and you know didn't really you know know how to do stuff and was on some one of those weird Japanese game shows but then she just fell in love with everything that you know she was doing the whole dojo thing she did living on the floor and you know yeah. in like a gym and scrubbing like dirty you know whatever and she did that whole thing and it's amazing to see that there's not a lot of women even though you know there's some who are like oh i want to go to japan but no one is done anywhere near or there's maybe one or two what a lot of them go so, but but, mo- but none of them stay you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a lot of them go for like a tour or two or I mean, Tony Storm yeah. comes to mind because I think she did a lot of time over there, but I think she was like on and off, right? Yeah, she was on and off. I don't think she was like solidly there like some people like Kong was or, yeah. you know, I think Kong was probably one of the last ones that was there yeah. a lot because Natty only did like tours here and there, right? Like she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. she did a couple of tours. She yeah. Like lived there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but like I don't think anyone's lived there since then. So, yeah, I just think it's cool. I'm excited to see where that goes. Cause I think it's going to be because I do know that that has been Mercedes' dream for a long time. 
to wrestle yeah. in Japan. Like she always wanted to be a WWE star, but she also always wanted to see Japan, wanted to wrestle in Japan and experience that. And fuck, she's able to do it, do it, you know? So, and it's cool to see her go all in and not just like dip her toes in to be like, no, no, we're doing this. So that's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. That's where I think it's cool with some of the gaijin that have been going over and, you know, with like New Japan and even to some extent, like with Noah, but mostly with like New Japan, where you've got mm-hmm. Cobb, who's basically pretty much moved over there. Yeah. And, you know, you're Zack Sabre Juniors and you're whatever and whatever. But, yeah. Because I think that's cool. But with women doing it, it's pretty badass because it is a huge commitment. And I think with women, you know, it's a, it's a little different. So, yeah. 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 Well, it's not all rock starish. Do you have any stories you want to tell people from the WrestleMania weekend? I'll give you 30 minutes oh, to tell as many goodness. stories as you want. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, you know, I most people know I I went really with one ticket. <laughs> I mean I, yeah. you know, I honestly like going to LA. My it, it had been so hyped for years that oh WrestleMania weekend, oh it's going to be so great. This was probably one of the most underwhelming of the of the weeks because I will say that I did not go to. Tampa did not go to New York. Last mm-hmm. one I went to was New Orleans. And I had been to the ones prior for four years. And I will say that, man, some of those indie shows were top yeah. notch. WrestleCon, I think they had some boring offerings. I'm not gonna lie. Mm. The super show, I don't, I'm not a Lucha Libre person. Okay. So the super show to me was bleh where I think I've seen some pretty amazing ones and they used to have some really great things. Like, I mean, when would you ever see like Jushin Thunder Liger, Ricochet, and I don't even remember who, and I think it was, it was a luchador. I want to say it was like, I don't know. He reminded me of Starman from, (laughs) from the pro Nintendo pro wrestling Mm. versus like, um, Frankie Kazarian and, um, Christopher Daniels and I can't remember who their partner was. I mean, where are you going to go see that or see the Hardys versus Sabu and RVD? Okay. That was like the main event for the first one I ever went to. And it was like, holy fuck. But also that was the same weekend I saw Rob Van Dam piss his pants during stand-up comedy. But I, anyways, so I was like, God, this is kind of, you know, I wasn't thrilled with the, you know, with their selections. Um, but there was the collective and the collective had some really good shit. So me going into that weekend, I was only going to at the time for the culture. And that was the only ticket I had. Um, I wanted to go to, cause it was bu- bucket list for me. Joey Janela spring break. That thing was so sold out. Um, getting a ticket. So I had no ticket going into it. What, would I have a hope in hell to get one? Probably not. Um, but I did end up getting one. Um, but uh, that to me was the holy grail shows to me that I wanted to see was that blood sport, which I did, could not get a ticket for that at all. I tried, but then I'm mm-hmm. like, eh. was spring rate that, and then really that was that was it. 
Now, knowing that I've been watching NXT for a while now, man, that was a that was a really the takeover just was underwhelming. And mm. that shocks me because I would have loved to gone and I would have loved to spend money for a good ticket, but it just was not attractive. <laughs> it just didn't draw me it in at all. Yeah. And, I felt like this this year you know, too, because last year we got to see like a lot of the announcements and a lot of stuff that was coming up. And you see it afterwards and you go like, oh man, I can't believe I missed all this stuff. And this one did feel like there was yeah. a lot of like, oh yeah, that, that which sounds fun. Like nothing felt like can't miss. You know what I mean? So we were kind of taking but it roadblock, as we could. Roadblock hit them bad because I think yeah. that if had they not had it. I think that takeover would have been like a billion to, or having that pay-per-view like two, what was it? Two weeks before yeah. that was stupid. It's like, why are you doing that? Could you just basically killed wanting to go to that? Oh yeah. No, it, I'm sorry. I'm a liar. I had two tickets. I also had a ticket to mitzvah mania. Okay. Mm. So, um, and then I was not going to ring of honor. So, but I ended up going to ring of honor. And um, that was surprising to me. Now, because I did end up getting the Friday, that Friday had all the good shows on it that day. So I knew if I were to get a spring break ticket, I would probably have to leave Ring of Honor early. Mm. And I had to. And I was a little bummed because obviously... <laughs> You know, I wanted to see um, Eddie and Claudio, and that was the main event. And then I missed um, the other match. I missed was uh, what did I miss? I missed the last two matches. So bummer. But mm. what I did get to see, I was like, holy shit! Like I didn't know Jeff Cobb was wrestling on the you know the pre-show. I, I, that excited me because I haven't seen Jeff Cobb wrestle live in forever. And it's kind of nice because I'm like, yay, you don't have ocean spray with you. Yay. So that was kind of cool. But the match for me on that pre-show that I was like, this should not have been a pre-show match was Willie Mack versus Takeshita. And I know like, you're like, oh, that was boring. What we saw at night. Yeah, that was. But this one, the minute that those two were in the ring and then when they first locked up, I'm like, shit. This Willie is Max the match too. that I never knew I wanted to see. And it was yeah. funny because I saw Willie the next day when I went to Effie's um, Big Day Brunch and we were leaving and I saw him came up to me and we were talking about it. And I'm like, dude, that match with Takesh, I will say that was one of the, ma I thought was one of the matches of the weekend, like top five. Yeah. For me. I see that Willie Mack is really and, good and he's not, he's like the issues that I think that Lee Moriarty brought to that match Willie Mac doesn't have. You know what I mean? No. So and also with Willie Mac too is, and this is where he differs with Lee Moriarty, is he's got a lot of power. Takesh should have mm -hmm. a lot of power. So when you have these two guys that have a lot of power, it was heart hitting. They both are very quick on their feet. And it it made for just like some excellent chemistry. And yeah. He told me he didn't even know he was going to be wrestling until like maybe an hour before. He told me he got a call from Sanjay and Sanjay would say, hey, where are you? And he's like, I'm over, you know, at the collective. What's going on? He goes, do you have your gear? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, do you want to wrestle? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, come on over to, you know, USC down here. 
And he says, you know, he goes, okay, sure. He, he said, took him forever. When he got there, he was like, okay, went backstage. He told me, he said, you know how they have the telling me, like, I know he's like, you know how, when, you know, you're back there and they have the board. And of course I've never seen it, but people have told me, I go, yeah. And he said, and it has all the matches. I said, yeah. And he said, he looked and he saw his name on there and he said, his name was on an actual fucking card. Not like they wrote it in. And he said it was like placed there because he said you could tell when they were adding in people because they would write it in he was like well god damn he said i sat there and he's like fuck why didn't they tell me that they were gonna they're planning on him coming you know this whole time right and he said that when he finally found out and he talked to sanjay he said sanjay told him he's a dude i've been trying to get you but there was some red tape and people didn't want him there but he's like i'm getting willie mack He's from fucking LA. I'm getting Willie Mack. He should be here. And he did. And apparently Tony really liked what he did. Now there was that rumor that said he was signed. That's a that's a bullshit lie because he was not. But he did tell me that Tony liked liked his work. And you know, he's hoping that, you know, he might get some more opportunities with Tony. And he says, if it's wearing a honor, cool. Because Willie's one of these people, man. He's real laid back, really chill, chill, you know, humble. I mean. He's a true homie. And I, I told yeah. him, dude, that was an amazing match. Like, no. And I said, no, seriously, dude. Because it was. And I implore people to go back. It's on YouTube. So you can watch it for free. Um, unlike this other Ring of Honor shit. But whatever. Yeah. But um, I think that that was pretty pretty awesome uh, to see. Yeah. Also, I can't wait for um, Trinity to actually. I, I know it's coming. I feel it. But I'm waiting for her to return back to one of these ring of honor things yeah. and she was when we finally got to meet people. we got to meet her and when we walked up producer lady asked trinity you know are you gonna wrestle again are you wrapping that up and just gonna try and find other things to do and she's like oh no i'm not done wrestling and so she definitely has the as every intention to do it but it was also interesting because she didn't have a tone like she was sure where she was going but she also still seemed so disappointed by how everything went because she was even looked at us and she's like, man, like, oh, cause she's just kind of was like trying to find the words. I was like, it's complicated now. And she goes, it's so complicated. And she goes, and we shouldn't even be here. She goes, we shouldn't have gotten to here. Like, well, this isn't like, it was just dumb, you know, like she was just so frustrated with the whole thing, but she definitely is not done wrestling. Um, and she definitely was talking about how she wanted to get out there and do stuff. And she was even saying that one of the reasons people aren't talking about her is cause they're just not seeing her do anything the way that they're, seeing mercedes do stuff and she's like you know we even told her like well hopefully that means that when they see you it's big just to see you and she's like that's the hope so um yeah we really want to see her pop up she's one that wherever she pops up we'll watch it spoke volumes to me and it was very subtle how they did it but you knew there was something because when she like walked by because where i was sitting um I was, my back was to the hard cam, but that was the section where it's the official late friends and family kind of section. And um, when I saw her come around, I was like, oh shit, is this where she's going to do, is she coming here and is she the one? So the way they did it and they shot it, it's definitely open to see that I think she's going to come to another one and see Athena just be a bitch and squash somebody and just be you know no mm-hmm. and i think that that's going to be i think 
if that happens, that she is going to be the one to elevate with Athena that mm -hmm. division. And I think it would be amazing because there's a lot. I mean, I'd love to see her versus Willow. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, for starters, they just signed Miranda Alizé. Um, that would be another great one as well, too. Um, mm -hmm. So definitely there's a lot of good, you know, stuff as far as, you know, that's concerned. But, you know, it, but it's cool. Like when you see a lot of these people, it's really cool to, you know, to see, you know, to see, to see them. And um, Raven, oh, cheers to Raven coming through. I agree. And they agree with you agree with me. So, but yeah, no, I, I mean, honestly, I think that there's certain things if done right. Yeah. Tony Khan would look like a God. Yeah. But he stumbles yeah. over himself enough that, you know, whatever. But I will say that was it worth missing out the last two matches at Ring of Honor to go to spring break? Hell fucking Yes. I will say that one match kind of ruined the whole thing for me. Didn't was not a fan of the um the bussy match. Whoever I can't remember who they wrestled. Mm. That kind of killed wasn't it. That, I was like, you you're just wasn't that against Nick Gage and Maki Ito or no? Oh yeah, that's right. It was Nick Gage and Maki Ito. Yeah. See, they it was dumb because it's like Nick Gage is so intense. And I love love Nick Gage MDK all fucking day. Shout out to him. He has new teeth too, by the way. Um, but I was very like, damn, dude, like everyone, this was the, uh, one of the ones that everyone wanted to see because it was um, Maki Death Kill. And y'all were just kind of meh. And I get it. Mm. You, your big thing is tomorrow and you're saving yourself. But come on, dude, this is spring break, you know? I mean, yeah. fucking you know, step up a little, but I will say that I, it was exciting the whole way through. I saw two injuries that day. I saw the, the um, Dante Martin injury, Ugh, poor guy. Rough. And then I saw um, Alec price, another injury with a ladder. And I'm like, great. Uh, th this day is cursed. I I'm like, I need to, no more wrestling today because I don't need to see a third, but, um, and well, if you count Janela, but that that dude, him and Koda Bushi, holy shit! And I'm not saying this because I love Joey Janela; he's good people. But I have never in my life, and I've seen Joey wrestle a lot, and I've seen him live. I've seen him, you know, in video, whatever. Him versus Koda, this was a fucking level of Joey Janela that I was like. This motherfucker. Fuck. Fuck you, Tony Khan, for fucking not believing in that man. And then, of course, if you did watch um, it, he had this really great speech at the end of it. I was crying. Um, mm. But it was a real testament to, and I know I've talked about it before in episode one, but how, how that place changes people. Because he admitted that. You know, and for him to say that and have that match and basically was like, there was only one person I, I, I needed to have a match with on this. And he said, basically he was like Coda because he's like, you, you did, you did what I did. He says, you were somewhere where they just fucking changed the shit out of you and you decided no more. And, you mm -hmm. know, you left wrestling. 
But when you were ready to come back, he was like, I wanted to make damn sure that he was like, that was one of his first matches back. And it really, it was the two, the blood sport one. And then Joey, and apparently Coda will be popping up with GCW quite a bit. So mm. want to see Coda cool. Bushi. Um, I think in the United States, the only way you'll see Kota Ibushi is going to be at GCW. So, cool. and I'm just like, I love Kota. And apparently, I don't know, because we didn't stay afterwards, because my friend I was with was very exhausted. He was taking pictures with everybody and just like mm-hmm. meeting everybody. And, you know, and Joey, obviously, he, he didn't say he had to go to the hospital, because if anyone saw Joey, I mean, I saw him. The next day, Effie's, but I didn't want to stop him because he just was like, he was just, I'm like, he put it all out there. And it was like, this yeah. guy didn't bleed. Like, he doesn't bleed unnecessarily like other people yeah. you know, we've talked about before. But with Joey, it was like that dude, because that was a brutal when he cut his head open. That was brutal when he, yeah, it was brutal. But I will say that that's another match. For me, that was one of the other matches of the weekend. And apparently Speedball, and I have not seen Bloodsport, but apparently everyone at Bloodsport said that Speedball and Ibushi was match of the weekend. So Mm. right there, I've already heard that there's been two like match of the weekends on that one show. So that's why I want to check it out. But I implore you, you know, if you don't like Joey Janela, this actually might change your mind about Joey Janela. And if that Mm. didn't, then his exploding barbed wire one that he did really it was exploding barbed wire one you did you see the second degree burns he took a picture i'm like that's exploding barbed wire and i think that was his big fuck you to you know aew and the sprinkler mm-hmm. the, the sparklers you know i think that was his big mm-hmm. fuck you because that's what that was and he had it with onita and dude like that that's the guy that's the guy so that was another great takeaway with it and then Effie's was really cool because on Sunday I went to was it on Sunday? No, it was Saturday then Sunday. That weekend I went to two different matches that were celebrating diversity and inclusion. The first was being Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which actually was a pretty good show. Um, and then the second Mitzvah Mania, which very underrated. It's also on YouTube as well. Um, was the card was all Jewish wrestlers. All of them. A rabbi put it together. We went to this, like, this uh, temple in LA, like, almost in, like, Beverly Hills on the borderline. And it was amazing to see that, you know, holy shit, like, they were all Jewish wrestlers that weren't MJF. You know, there's others. And I saw this article today that was like, he's proud of being a Jewish wrestler. I'm like, well, where the fuck were you at? Why weren't you at Mitzvah Mania? You know, <laughs> like you and Goldberg, where the fuck were you two? You know, but it was a really cool thing. And to hear at the end, Colt was the main event, duh, as he should be. And he wrestled QT Marshall, which I'm like, oh, you're Jewish. I didn't know that. So apparently he is. But he wrestled him. And it was great to see. And I think Marsh, you would love this. The silliness of Colt. He had a lot of children beat up QT. So you need mm. to see it just for that. It was the best thing ever. The kids were like amazing. And it's like, that's one of the places where Colt really, you know, with kids. Um, if they're not afraid of them. But uh, it was really cool. And to see how, you know, how 
he was excited that you know like brought in the whole thing like you know wrestling and judaism you know is for everybody it's very accepting and it was kind of cool to see both ends of the spectrum about diversity and inclusion so i thought that was pretty pretty badass so mm -hmm. that those are my takeaways for the culture was underwhelming mm. i've seen the other ones um i will say for me my favorite match um i did like the kenny king thing and um my boy shout out to alpha zoe he had a really good showing at that and i really thought that he got showcased very very well and i was really proud of him um and then but to see um, Bounty Hunter Brian Keith, I swear he's one of my new favorite wrestlers now. Seeing him in uh, Two Cold Scorp, that was the match. That was amazing to see. I am bummed that we had to leave Wale Mania early. And we, and we actually, because, you know, sometimes if you act like you belong, you can get into places where you don't necessarily belong. So we ended up in the VIP. Had we stayed, that's where all of the the damn like I missed Carmelo Hayes. I could have been hanging out with him and gotten a picture with him. I'm like, God damn it. We saw the reunion of fucking, you know, hit row. Holy shit, we missed that. Miss Worth coming up there. We missed everybody coming up there. It was, but we saw Daniel Garcia all night. I'm like, oh my God, why does this guy stalk me? Like, seriously, like that. It was funny and watching women hit on him was really hilarious. So like we were having a good time. But Wally Mania, if I ever do another one again, I need to stay later because uh -huh. nothing great happened until later when we had to leave. And I'm like, no. So that was a call. Shout out to that. That was really fun. I did not get to go see Cardona because I, I had a ticket to it, but didn't go see Colt. And I'm kind of glad I didn't go. So let's just leave it at that. Um, but I had like the most expensive vodka drink that was shout out to that bartender who kind of reminded me of Taya Valkyrie, blonde lady, you know, kind of bigger, bigger chick totally reminded me of her. I swear she probably had furry leg warmers underneath, you know, behind the bar, but she made the most wicked. Like I had a Tito screwdriver and I swear it was in like a big, the cup was probably about this big and it was basically all Tito's it's a splash mm. of orange juice. Yeah. It was a $30 drink, but fuck, dude, that thing, I was so drunk. And then apparently they let people vape in there. So I was also high, mm. had a great time. Thank goodness that I didn't see other people because I think I probably would have like attacked, I don't know, Ricky probably but you know i'm glad i didn't but that yeah it was a really fun time and uh i had a great time i didn't get to hang out with marsh as much because we were on like two different wavelengths and ships passing so but we did have fun when we uh got our cinnamon toast crunch heads yeah yes. yeah i mean it was cool hanging when we got a chance but yeah i was doing a lot with medusa and so i got to go see her do um the, the Sam Roberts show. I got to see her do, uh, uh, which was really cool. Cause I got to hang out backstage for a while on that and get to meet everyone. I had a cool conversation also, with, uh, hmm. you're a big Sam Roberts shill too. So come on now. Yeah, no, I helped him book Medusa on the yeah. show. 
So yeah, I know. I got to hang out backstage a little bit, and I got to like talk to Baron Corbin about uh, coffee and cigars, and I was got to run into Santo Escobar, and he recognized me from the SoFi Stadium thing I went to, and he was like, "Oh yeah, what's up, man?" And I talked to Joaquin Phoenix for a little bit, um, which is really cool. I talked to him for like That's ten minutes about stuff. It was really cool talking to him a little bit about like Wait, contract stuff, like when he the signed. Actor? Wait, the well, actor? Joaquin Wild. Walking wild. Okay, you said Phoenix. I'm like, the actor oh. was there too. Shit. No, but the Will Sasso Damn. was there, and I said hey to him. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that the the one show that was really fucking cool that we went to kind of on a whim was because uh, Nigel McGinnis was doing a magic show, and the so producer lady, he said you know retweet or comment or something like that to like enter to win, and you know if you win, I'll give you like four free tickets to come see the show. And we won. So I was like, oh, well, I guess that's what we're doing that night. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't sure what we were doing at the time. <clears throat> but we went and we got to talk to him and hang out with him for a bit. And the show was really cool. And the the first thing he had was a video of him doing a magic trick for Mark Briscoe or for Jay Briscoe. Um, so there was like a big tie into a lot of that stuff and it made it kind of emotional and really cool. Uh, it was, what was really neat is we were also wondering going into it, how many, uh, pretty deadly or not pretty deadly, how many NXT UK guys were going to show up and pretty deadly is the only ones who did. And so I ended up talking to them for a while. They were really cool. Uh, they were really cool. I got to talk to him for a little bit, took a selfie with him. Cause I was like, Hey, I don't, who knows if I'll ever be in the same room with you guys again. They're like, that's true. You know? And they, they were cool about it. And, we just yeah we ended up ended up shooting the shit with pretty deadly more than almost anybody in that thing but uh, it was really cool talking to Nigel seeing what he was up to I saw him over at WrestleCon after that and bought a couple DVDs of his and and then it was like two days later he signed AEW and I was like well shit he did not seem like he was all that interested in wrestling when I talked to him but he's back in it um I think that's it. I think we can hmm. It's old home back there. I mean, they've got a lot of the the players that nostalgic players. I'm there's a couple that I'm waiting on to see. One would be Chris Hero, um, mm. but I don't know. I I was hoping he'd come back and he would fight Claudio. You know, old Kings of Wrestling. Mm. That was a I see that. tag team. That damn, that was one of the best ones they had there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah we'll figure out what we're watching next week as we get closer to it who knows what it's going to be I don't know about any shows coming up uh, this week as far as like particularly important shows but I guess we'll just find out what happens as it happens and then go back and watch what we want but no. outside of that only, only thing, yeah, only thing really that I'm interested in seeing and finding out well for one thing I had to laugh about because I don't know if you, you heard this but so you know what tag team we're going to be probably getting? Hmm. And this makes me laugh. <laughs> and I know this makes you not want to like turn on AEW at all. We're getting Sean Spears and fucking Ricky. <laughs> fucking yeah, no, A. Zero interest. I know exactly. Zero interest. But I will say this. I will say this. Jay White. The, 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 I, you know, honestly, I... I'm, I'm just shaking my head because, man, dude, I know why you didn't go to WWE, but fuck, dude, you're going to get fucked 
over here. You're no, because you're gonna. It's gonna be comedy for you, and it, it no, not in a good use of you. But I did want to say that I did kind of watch yesterday. The only takeaway I have is, Ricky, can you please don't wear trunks anymore and just wear fucking track pants. He did have a very awful, weird run to the ring, but he was wearing track pants. It was funny. Track pants, shirtless, sunglasses. That that's mm. that's the new fit, Ricky. You need to wear that to the ring. Mm. Ratings would go up. I'm just saying. They also took the title that's off of. Uh... Yeah, Hobbs, don't start me with that one. But uh, then again, I did say. That him lining up with QT, I don't think I said this on episode one, or maybe I did, but him lining up with QT, that's like, you're ru he's ruining your career. That was not a good move. And also, part of it is, you know what, serves them right for giving him the belt in Sacramento and not in the Bay Area, because technically Sacramento is not the Bay Area. So, serves them right, because they should have given it to him at home. And that would have meant a little more something. It also would have meant a little more if he didn't have QT interfering for him to win. So you know what? You get what you get, dude. Sad, but let Wardlow have his shit. Your time will come again. Just do it on your own. Yep. Oh, Willis hates Tony. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I know. But you know what? This is what I'm going to say about Tony Khan. It's God's way. It's God's plan. That's all. <laughs> he is God. And we're just peasants. All right. That's the last call. Yeah. Cheers. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink of wrestling on the rocks.